0: The most annoying thing that I do is screenshot like 47 consecutive screenshots of a Facebook or a Twitter conversation and then preface this by saying, hey, hey, uh, bear with me for a minute and tell me if I'm being unreasonable here. And then I send you 47 fucking screenshots of a Facebook conversation. Try to piece it together. R.V. Cast Iron Brains, a podcast that doesn't always need an introductory essay. Thank you very much. Even even if you are asking for it, in fact, begging for it, as I know you are out there. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host, that's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How you doing, Lori? Good. Good. Today is Monday, November 29th, 2021. A few days after Thanksgiving. We did not record last Monday as we usually do.
1: Bob was busy painting the kitchen Michigan colors.
0: I did. Oh.
1: You're welcome, Michigan.
0: <laughs> Abe, did you ever watch TLC, the Learning Channel, cable network back in like I don't know, from like 1997 to 2003 or so. What I what I personally consider the absolute heyday of TLC. When it was closer
2: to actual TLC and not whatever it is they do now? Yeah it
0: was it was in this transitional phase because like in the nineties it's like TLC. It's like educational programs. You maybe you can learn something or it's more interesting things.
1: It was like documentaries about birth defects.
0: Right. And then they started to shift to more reality TV and this was for me the the most TLC that I ever watched was in this time when when trading spaces became popular on the on the TLC network. With that so, era. I used to watch a lot of of Trading Spaces back in like the dorms at UGA because that was the sort of person that I was apparently in two thousand one.
2: Now, when you say you did watch this, it was was it just on the TV while you're doing other things, or was this like must see TV for you? Like, I wonder. No, it wasn't like
0: must see TV, okay. but it was on like all the time because okay. it was. Yeah, you know, like UGA cable system, you'd watch either whatever was on Comedy Central or whatever was on TLC. That was just Didn't they have that's what IFC. We
2: did. I used to watch that a lot.
0: Yeah, we did. We had yeah. IFC too. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Anyway, I bring it up only because we did like a a super cheap remodel of our kitchen akin Wouldn't to what. You not
1: even call it a remodel. Right.
0: You can't even go that far. But <laughs> akin, like the level of professionalism. Is the idiots who would remodel a room on TLC back in 2001 where they just sort of like throw some paint on the walls and like maybe, I don't know, somebody builds them like a new picture frame or something and they hang that up and it's like, we spent $1,000 and we fixed this room. That's sort of what we did in our kitchen this week because I have this problem. This speaks to a larger character defect, no doubt. But I will ignore the underlying character defect and explain it as though it's simply one aspect of my character, and it relates only to home remodeling projects and not literally everything else. Uh, the problem is that I can envision what I want our house to look like right. on the long term, and that involves, like, I don't know, spending a quarter million dollars or so. Like, <laughs> like I can, I've, I've figured out that what I want to do is knock down like three walls upstairs and turn the kitchen and the dining room into one sort of its own space. And then we eliminate the walls that are around the stairwell so that you sort of bring the upstairs and the downstairs together. And then also we have to refinish the whole basement and we have to redo all of the bathrooms and we have to redo both kitchens because there's an upstairs kitchen. We also want to have a downstairs kitchenette and you can't really do one without redoing the other as well. The point being... But I be have easier in my
2: head. Another home no, at that point?
1: No, it wouldn't. The the biggest problem is that this only exists in Bob's head. Okay. That's why we can't find any pictures of any of the things he's talking about because they <laughs> really? don't exist in real life anywhere great. ever.
0: Uh also, we need to replace all of the windows in the house because they were installed fucking That's normal. 40 years ago. Yeah. And also, the house was built without any insulation on the outer walls.
1: Literally, it's very cold.
0: Uh so we wow. need to we need to like, you know, blow insulation. There's just many thousands of dollars. Do we, have
1: uh, a, do we have a Patreon that people want to throw money no, no, at our this house? Is, no,
0: this is not... We're not putting our hand out here.
2: All right. <laughs> well, I am. It would probably make sense to start with that last thing you mentioned first, right? That seems to be more important than...
1: No, because it's expensive. You right. so have to an- start with the cheap eight. Okay. What do you do when your car makes noise? <laughs> Turn up the volume. Yeah. yeah. What do you do when
0: you're when you're, when there's a wind blowing through the front windows and out of your children's uh, windows in the other room and it feels like it's 40 degrees inside? Yeah. Uh, you tell those fucking whiny babies to put on a sweatshirt. That's right. You do- <laughs> and then you go by a bottle of bourbon, and uh, you get toasty on the couch watching the we television have so that you
1: I have a blanket right here.
0: It's fine. Anyway, the the point here is that I have the finished product in my head, and. Because it's such a huge finished product idea, like every step along the way is intimately connected to every other step along the way. Right. So it's not like I've designed uh, this this future for us that is an achievable thing that if you take, say, it's like couch to 5K, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, you could do the thing where you go out and you run, run, walk five minutes run, walk, on and, and then- off. Right, 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 right. And then all of a sudden, six months later, you're a jogger who can complete a 5K or what have you. Right. Uh, with the right with proper training <laughs> and nutrition, perhaps right. even you could be an Olympic athlete. Uh, Especially uh, uh, at
2: the uh, prime age of 35 to 45.
0: That's right. That's not what I'm like. The, my, the project in my head is not achievable in that way. The project in because my head money. is only achievable with. Uh, like a sudden influx of a large amount of cash that's simply never going to happen.
1: Right. The Patreon.
0: Uh, yeah, that's how this works, is that the <laughs> podcast with uh, a solid 25 listeners on a regular basis... Uh, Some of uh, them
1: visit. They'd benefit.
0: Anyway, uh, the point is is that I want to, like, completely redo our kitchen, uh, but to do that would cost, like, I don't know, forty, fifty thousand $50,000 or something like that. Like, the kitchen... It needs to be gutted down to the studs because we need – like I said, the insulation needs to be done. The cabinets need to go. All of the appliances need to be replaced. The, the dishwasher could stay, I guess. It's uh, a good
1: dishwasher. <laughs> the dishwasher fine. In. He was shitting on our dishwasher. We have a good dishwasher.
0: Yeah. But besides that, everything else has got to go. And so the project is just humongous. And so – Instead of, Instead
1: of getting a job in, instead of making,
0: making right, money that's right, instead of doing that. But but instead of just like making moderate improvements to my circumstance so that I just generally hate my existence less, instead I just walk into that kitchen every day and I look around and I say Man, this fucking kitchen sucks, and I hate it, and I wish that it was different. Uh, but I don't ever do anything about it because in my head there's this huge barrier to do, doing something about it, which is that it requires forty thousand dollars. Right. But at some point a few weeks ago, I was like, "Hey Lori, what if we just spent a few hundred dollars?" That
1: isn't how you put it.
0: What did I say? Go you ahead. You
1: said, "What if we built a bar?"
0: What if I? What, right. What if I built a breakfast bar? You didn't in the tell kitchen?
1: me how much it was going to cost.
0: Right. What I think what I said was, what if I do this like really cheap thing?
1: Yeah. You said, what if I do it cheap? And I said, definitely do it cheap. Right. Yes. I don't know how much that costs. I just said cheap. Right. So do you have to knock any walls down for this?
2: uh...
0: No. So that was the thing. Like in order to make it how I want it to be many thousands of dollars or like even if I'm going to do it, it requires a level of like sophistication and understanding of what's going on. With like electricity and stuff that I simply don't possess and that it would be sort of dangerous for me to start knocking down walls and just seeing what's going on back there.
1: Also, it was going to be Thanksgiving in four days and we were going to have a bunch of people over for dinner. Right.
0: The plan was to do this for some reason shortly before 12 people showed up to our house for Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, So knocking down walls was probably not a great idea. Right. So instead what I did is that I took the kids have had a play kitchen up in our grown-up kitchen for the last five years since we moved into this house, basically. And they are far too old for a play kitchen. But it's just sort of – it's one of those pieces of, of furniture, essentially, that just gets shoved over there and then we just start putting shit on it. Right. So it just becomes like an extra table instead right. of the thing that it, it is supposed bananas. to be. That's right. it's, just, it's where we put the bananas and the onions when they came home from the grocery <laughs> store.
2: Uh, Some people – their treadmill serves a similar purpose. It just puts yeah. stuff on it. Yeah,
1: same like... kind of thing. But we use our treadmill every day. The well, Peloton,
0: yeah. the, the $4,500 coat rack for your yeah. bedroom is what the Peloton <laughs> is. But anyway, so we had that and we had another like little kids, like literally an 18-inch tall or something. Kids. Yeah,
1: like four little children.
0: Small child we've table. We've had longer
1: than we've lived here.
0: Right, that we've had for forever. And so I just, I was like, we're done with that shit. So I moved it downstairs.
1: We're done with that. It's in the basement and now. And now it's going to live in the basement <laughs> against a wall for the right. next six
0: years. <laughs> and I'll find other shit to pile on top of it. No doubt. Probably not the bananas. But anyway, so that was that became the project that I did last week. Is that I, I installed a breakfast bar,
1: which I, which you also removed the chalkboard that was in the kitchen. Right. There
0: was a big chalkboard. For some on reason, the wall. when we moved
1: in, there was a big chalkboard, and when that was removed, the wall behind it. Was just obviously hideous and needed to be painted, so that's where the paint came in. Right, right. And then Bob said to me, "What colors should I paint this kitchen?" And my friend Julia was over, and she said, "Look at the drawer pulls and use colors from there." And I found a beautiful yellow and a beautiful blue. And she said, "Everyone is going to think you're Michigan fans." And I said if anyone's in our kitchen, they should know us well enough by right. now that we're not <laughs> Michigan fans. But if you didn't know us, you right. would think that.
0: You right. would definitely think if you didn't know us that we were Michigan fans. If you're
2: a burglar, you would think you're Michigan fans. Right.
1: If you ignored the small Ugga right. as you walk in. <laughs> and all of the gear everywhere.
0: Yeah. So it that's looks really did. nice, It looks though. fucking great, though. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So that's the end of the story is that—
1: Also, you're welcome, Michigan by the I'm way, expecting I, my thank you card in the mail,
2: I get the color stuff the the paint where where does the breakfast bar kick in? like is there something
1: you just have to come visit,
0: okay, so there is
2: some other thing
0: I built the... a structure that it's basically just a forty it forty two inches off the ground. I got some decent plywood basically that we covered with black contact paper so it doesn't look like plywood, and I put some heavy duty shelf brackets under there so that. Essentially, like you you could stand on it. It's supposed to support like 300 Please pounds don't. or something, but I'm not going to stand on right. it. But it's, it's basically what I did was I built a large shelf that looks like a, a counter sort of breakfast bar. And we ordered some uh, nice. bar stools to stick under there. And it looks great and it's perfect for the kids and it's like far more functional than it was before. And the kitchen doesn't feel like a dreary, terrible really place lovely to live in anymore. There. I
1: didn't know I hated it before and now I know I hated it before. I love it now. Yeah. Oh, that's good.
0: So that should be like, this probably should be some sort of lesson to me that like just do the small steps that make yes. life measurably better in the I interim.
1: Should n- I should remove the backspace button from your computer. And you'd actually write something.
0: Yeah, but would it be any good?
1: Is (laughs) Is the the kitchen (laughs) good? Is the kitchen good? The The kitchen's good.
0: Kitchen's fine, but is it is it great? Is it is it a masterpiece? Is it?
1: Can you someday do the kitchen again?
0: Yeah, once I have. Did it
1: need to be a masterpiece? Or is it no, just better? No, cer-
0: certainly not. It's okay, just better. so
1: I should remove the backspace button. From it's your better, life. but how
0: proud of it can I be? And the answer is, I can't be that proud of it because it's just yeah,
1: proud of that. That looks nice. It's
0: moderately better. It's just nothing but for for
2: a little effort and a little money, you're able to do good. That's you know, relative to cost and time, not too shabby.
0: Yeah, yeah and it was it was great timing, like I said, because we got. Basically, we installed four extra seats in our dining area for just a few hundred dollars right before we ended up hosting 12 people for Thanksgiving. I mean, counting us. There were 12 of us. But So we needed the extra chairs at the very least. But yeah, Thanksgiving was great. We fried, uh, we fried two turkeys in the front yard. I did not burn any structures down. Or- Can
2: I ask a quick question on
0: that front? Because
2: turkey seems to be the only meat we're... Things go wrong. Every time th- Thanksgiving comes around, there's always these video clips of people, like, sucking it up somehow and either, like, engulfing it in flames or the thing tips over and just bad things I happen. I think it's
1: just a um, – you don't do turkey much. Usually, you only do it once a year. Right. And anything you only do once a year, you're probably not very good at. Right.
0: Right. And it's not like I had any experience with this except for last year and I'm we not sure Read the, sort the of,
1: instructions. Right
0: sure I read the instructions I made sure that I did it as safely as possible but at the same time it's not like last year's experience really informed this year's experience I basically had to relearn the skill again this year and my guess is that next year I will once again have to relearn the skill uh, in order to make no, sure I can do it year, safely Next year you're going to
1: listen to me when I tell you if it, the oil is boiling and the turkey's been in there. It's fucking done after Although, 35 minutes. I agree
0: with you, except that that turkey that I thought that I had overcooked ended up tasting, I think, better than the turkey that we had. That, well, whatever. The point is, we, we fried two turkeys successfully. Uh, I didn't blow anything up. I think, Abe, what you're seeing there is people taking... Either frozen or wet turkeys, or maybe turkeys that have or just been insufficiently bad dried and thawed.
2: Methods because right. so it, or is that what causes the problem? People, it's either wet or frozen, or
0: yeah, you don't want to introduce frozen. Like the less energetic you can keep the reaction between the turkey and the boiling vat of oil, the better it will be for uh, the safety of you and your loved ones. Right. And also, so, you,
1: if the oil's too high. Right? But, right. If, if you fill is... the pot with oil and then you put a 14 pounds turkey right. in there, They'll you're going to have a, all the, a bad yeah. time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But I'm
2: just wondering why they, they don't know that. Cuz they're they, also confident they, they going in. They didn't
1: read. Right. No, they're confident because they're stupid.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, you're you're underestimating the the general stupidity of the American public.
2: <laughs> first of all, if I did it for the first time, don't record it and I need right. a little guidance. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what I always like about that is that why is the person recording video of their dopey dad dunking the turkey into the vat of boiling oil? And it's because on some level, they recognize that dad's a dummy. Yeah. And there's, there's, a, there's a large potential for something to go hilariously wrong and worthy right. of capturing on, on video.
2: Because somebody there must know. I mean, there's like 10 people like just hanging around and nobody says anything. They're like, let's see how this is going to go. Oh failed as not great
0: yes but yeah our turkey turkeys went great in the fryer we need to get a better pot i think that i've established that so we have said
1: that last year
0: yeah i I did i said it last year and then i was shopping because i knew coming into this thanksgiving that i wanted to have a better pot and then i started looking on amazon and i was like and if I want to have Shit's any, expensive. if I want to have any Christmas money to spend this year, we're not, we're not going to have a better pot for our turkey. So we'll just go with what worked fine. last year. Well, yeah. What about you? You don't do much for Thanksgiving, usually, do you?
2: No. Uh, although I, I did try to do a double header of sorts. Like during the day, I was going to go to my folks and my siblings and their nephews and all that stuff, and then in the evening, do like a f- go to some friends, like a friends' giving. The second part didn't happen because I was at my place for so long. But it was fun. My nephews are now old enough to where I can actually play with them. You know, when kids are under five, it's like, all right, I'll see you later. But now they're (laughs) between that five to ten, or they're impressed by the slightest things, and they can actually move around. So we're just throwing the ball around. Weather was actually pretty good for late November. And so they I would just throw, throw the, the ball, ball like around. twenty yards in the air. Like, oh wow, so high, <laughs> <laughs> That's right?
0: Don't you forget it, Uncle Abe is Superman. Holy shit!
2: <laughs> <laughs> so we're just throwing the ball out, and it was a lot of fun. But by, by the end, I was like, I'm not going to go do another thing now. I'm just going to go home. And so right. I just kept it at one event. So shoulders
0: fun. about my shoulders about to fall off. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Did uh, was there a big meal? Yeah, there was actually. There's no turkey. Like it's, I think it's just.
2: Our family is just a, an excuse to get together, but we don't right. uh, adhere to any sort of
1: That's Thanksgiving. fine. It's still Thanksgiving.
2: Right. It's just food and people just shoot the shit and play with the kids.
0: Any politics talk? Any, uh...
2: No. Any of that there, sort of I, well, the, the one that would be into the politics uh, was not in town, so... Gotcha. Or at least, you know, the, the vaccine stuff, but uh, no, we're just playing around.
0: Yeah, so we... Uh, we had the neighbor family that the kids who we taught in our house last year during the when, when we had school from home. So it was those people, uh, their sister, and then Lori's dad and my dad were both here.
2: Oh, nice. And
0: ordinarily, I would think that I would be a sort of person who would want to discuss like the news of the day and the politics of the day. But I think we've actually talked about before that it feels way more uncomfortable now to like to venture out into that realm of conversation at the at the dinner table and not like in the way that you you never bring politics and religion to the dinner table or whatever um i i heartily disagree with that i think that that is in fact the time for conversation about such topics but
2: that is true yeah like it's i just have no
0: interest whatsoever in delving into any of it for some reason
2: yeah because you you don't really know where everybody is on whatever issue uh, or
1: you do, and it's not worth talking about
2: that. That also, yeah. So I guess you you can kind of direct the conversation to something more agreeable. I guess that's why people talk sports a lot because it's kind of meaningless.
0: Yeah, it just all feels there's something. Everything just feels so heightened that like even if we are all basically in agreement, like any little bit of well, I don't know about this ends up feeling much more sort of fraught with everything than than I think it did just oh, a few I, years yeah. ago.
2: I wonder if. That's true. That's there's just that general feeling in the air. But if you actually talk it out, people are like, "Oh, yeah, whatever." Because I haven't had any bad interaction with people. Like at the bar, like over the weekend, I was just we're out and about. Some random guy from uh, BYU would come up and it's like, "Oh, you guys beat Georgia, uh, Alabama next week," and you know, starts saying some random stuff. I think most I like people like that guy.
1: Yeah, that guy sounds fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, just like. He sees me with uh, Georgia things like, "Oh yeah, can you beat those people?" This was like right after Auburn couldn't do it, um, and so I was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem. I'll let the coach no, know. No, was, like,
0: <laughs> I'll get right on that, sir."
1: <laughs> but yeah, you, yeah. You when do, we were at the UVA game, the guy next to me was like, "It's a hell of a football team you have." It's yeah. Like, yeah, my team that I have. Right. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for the compliment on my football team.
0: That's right. Well, you know, yes, sir. I do. I get up and get after that ass every morning, just like Kirby <laughs> told me to. And and that's we do our push-ups and we do our laps and we, you know, physicality and composure, just like coach wants. And
2: yeah. You're either elite or you're not, I always say. And, but yeah. isn't this kind of back to what it was back in the day? People used to not talk about politics or religion, right? And so if it goes back to that, you could just talk about
0: did Sports people used to topics. not talk about politics and religion? Because to me, people have always been talking about not politics at the salon. and religion.
1: It was a real right, right. no. I don't
0: mean that. I mean at the thanks, like literally, I mean at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Like right. it fe- That's
1: impossible for me because I was always in D.C., where it's all that anyone ever talks about.
0: Right, but that like people used to talk. To me, people used to talk about like it. It wouldn't have been unusual for politics to come up at the dinner table at at, at a large family gathering or what have you. And like now, if I'm sitting like if I'm sitting around a table with extended family or something like at that wedding that we went to a few months ago, Mm. like there's no way that I would willingly bring up anything along those lines.
1: I wonder if you're right, but also you're extra right because of the way that you like to talk about politics and stuff, you know, is now at a different level than most people. So, like, maybe you just don't want to engage the way you like to engage.
0: It's true. I think that part of it is probably. It's you. This sound. Yeah. No, it's I'm not saying it's not me. I'm saying it, it probably is me. How much of it is me feeling like I know too much about all this stuff to listen yeah. to like a normie try to talk about it? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what it you is. Know? That's, like, what,
1: that's, that's exactly what it is.
2: And if you. And I don't mean.
0: I'm not and, trying and you you blow to blow smoke up my own ass. I, I'm not right. saying that I actually understand things better than anyone just else like, does. Just like I don't
1: want to talk about hair with non hairstylists. Just like, oh, it's just shut the fuck up. You but don't do know you guys what I'm talking not, about and I don't want to explain it to you. Do like, you guys not ever
2: talk to people at the level they. I mean, if somebody knows more than you, then doesn't I'll ask the question. talk to
1: people besides you. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> Cause I was basically it's like, wh- whatever it is that they know, that's Oh, okay, that's interesting. I thought da 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 da. Like instead of saying you dumb dumb,
0: right? Said, no, but it's not. It's not the you dumb dumb thing. It's like so. Listening to NPR, there's a guy, a host of the morning show, Steve Inskeep, and he does this thing that you just did, right. which is when when somebody aggressive. says something that either he knows or he's just very bad at pretending like he doesn't already know the thing that he's trying to draw out of the other person right. or that he's trying to correct in right. the other person. So he says thing. he phrases his questions at, by saying, like, he basically just repeats the premise of what the person has just said back to them right. and then says, oh, so what you're saying is da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Right. When right. it's something that, like, it's purely just a dig at the the opposing viewpoint in the way that he is— quote-unquote asking the question. And it drives me fucking bonkers. Do you
2: think uh, that that is the intent? Because I think people naturally will be defensive if you come back. Like, that's not true, right? Instead of just saying, kind of like steering them, is like... Well, is, but assume like,
1: you're agreeing. Assume you agree about things.
2: Right. And then you quibble with like a, a minor point and then they're like, oh, they kind of it's like a give and take. It's like, okay.
0: I'll kind of, you know, we're,
2: let's meet somewhere half in the middle and then maybe you can kind of direct them to the right
0: do you know what it is? It's it's a smart it's it's a level of smarminess because it's never so when Inscape does it, it's never something that he's actually learning. It's something that he knows and that his guest knows that he knew ahead of time as well, and it's just this bullshit alleged back and forth that's happening where Inskeep right. pretends to be learning something right. but all that's happening is that his guest is confirming for him something that he already knew I feel right.
1: like that's so much of radio but like they do it all the time where they're like prepared with the questions that they're going to be asked and that's right. why they'll ask and also, question and they'll go right, like right. D- I, this isn't interesting if you knew ahead of time what your questions were
2: but it's almost kind of like they're performing for the audience you know sometimes people criticize like Exposition on, like, TV shows or movies, it's like, especially, like, the West Wing, sometimes it'll be, like, the president doesn't know, like, how, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, the, the Senate pro tem has to do this thing. It's like, yeah, the president would know that, but, like, in the show... Yeah. They kind of have to yeah. make it seem as if, oh, today I learned how government works, right? right? <laughs> but it's for the benefit of the audience, and I, I wonder if that's what the radio people are doing. They just, like, this performance, so that the audience... Other than Bob, who's like getting pissed at this whole contrivance, it just comes, like, across,
0: it comes across as coddling and bullshit. Yeah, and he right. pointed and I can't out to me on it. the
1: radio when it happens. He's like, "Listen, listen to what he's <laughs> listen to what he's doing. I'm mad about it now. Now I'm mad. Now I'm mad, and you need to be mad about it too because because I'm mad about it. So it's something that everyone should be mad about.
2: <laughs> they should have a you know that SAP secondary That's how my day whatever. Starts. It should be that for public radio, and they just cut through their bullshit. And you get the main stuff.
0: Yeah. Anyway, let's talk. Uh, let's talk some sports. Let's do okay. some. Who gives a shit? Sports here at the top. We've got all sorts of crazy sports news happening.
1: Like literally as we speak, sports news is I happening. Know.
0: We'll get to the. We'll get to the head coaching carousel in just a minute, Abe. Let's <laughs> first talk about the Georgia Bulldogs football stop, team.
1: Stop! Stop! Stop!
0: Stop! Abe, did you watch uh, the Georgia Georgia Tech game this weekend? I did. I. Uh, Went to
2: a friend's uh, place to watch it. Uh, at some point, we're like, maybe we should start watching the much better game, the Ohio State-Michigan. At least nope. that's more competitive. But we're like, no, no. The, this, good news,
0: this... the good news about that is that that game was still very interesting for like 45 minutes after the that... Georgia game had officially ended. So that's you right. didn't, in fact, have to necessarily watch <laughs> the other game until the Georgia game ended, which is what we did.
2: Yeah, it, it worked out well. But I, I take, you know, maybe this is not – the common sentiment, but I take no, uh, pleasure in watching a bad team losing. So it's like, you know, after the first quarter, it's like, all right, this team is not that good. There's no, you know, 45, nothing, a hundred,
0: nothing. They just suck, you know? And so, right. This is a recurring theme for me under Kirby smart, which is that I don't, I, I don't, th- I've never experienced this with other football teams where I hate watching Kirby smart football teams win. <laughs> that it's just... It's, Even it's in the forty-five often,
2: nothing, 52 right. nothing. Well, So it's
0: it's less of a problem this year. Last year was a punishing team to no, watch play football. and the year football. before.
1: The past and, two years. And the year
0: before, yeah. This
1: year's different.
0: Basically We're every good. year... We're good.
1: We're like kind of good, I think. Since,
0: since Chubb and Michelle have graduated, he just hasn't had an offense that was worth a shit. Right. Is part of the problem. And and it's just a it's a punishing football game to watch when you consider the fact that they're obviously not playing the best quarterback that is available on the team. Yeah. At at and the position. And I guess we're, we're this is
2: I mean basically we're going with Stetson, right? I mean the SEC title game is this weekend. This appears
0: this appears to be a feature of Kirby Smart football teams that he wants to start the less talented quarterback. Like, Jake Fromm was a fine quarterback, but he was nowhere near the level of talent of a Justin Fields, right? right? Now, you could say that at at that age or their relative level of development that maybe Fromm had a better handle on the offense or what have you. But Fields was a more talented quarterback. It's just a simple fact. And that in this day and age... If you don't play the more talented quarterback, then the more talented quarterback is going to vacate the premises because some other great team is going to want him to be their actual quarterback. Do, right? do you think
2: he takes this approach? He's not doing this just to demonstrate how good of a coach he is, right? He just thinks, I'm going to stick with a hot hand. and not no, like, It's
1: not just that. It's that, that there's lots of words written on this, but like... He's kind of good.
0: The mailman? No, no, no. Stetson, Stetson Bennett is <laughs> yes. not kind of good.
2: <laughs> He's not. He's a That's serviceable just a- quarterback. Uh, no knock against him. He's a great Georgia bulldog. But as far as talent, I'm glad Georgia has this defense because I'm like, okay, no matter what's going on on the offense, how constipated it may be at times at the beginning of the game, the defense will sort it all out, you know? And then right, it'll because give them- it's
0: hard... It- it's hard to imagine a situation in which Stetson Bennett has to come back from two or three scores down to win you the football game. Because right. if that's the case, he will not do that thing. Right. right.
2: So, and if we're so the, going to the national championship game, that means three games, SEC, semifinals, and finals, it is stop, likely stop that mystic, one of those three games, there, there will be something that's – we're, we're down 10 or whatever, and Stetson Bennett is like, oh, shit – Well, maybe he can run his way to a first down. I don't know. But, like, that is, like, the one glaring concern. Because otherwise, I mean, unstoppable, unstoppable team. I mean, they're already going to win the whole thing in my estimation. But, like, if they were to lose, I can't imagine that Stetson Bennett is not the reason for,
0: you know, the loss. But that's the thing is that it's rare that you get into a situation with him where he's losing you the football game. Yes. Because (laughs) – he won't even take that chance. Like it's just not in his nature. He he just, so, and it's hard to do it without like playing clips and stuff, but he's constantly late on his throws and he's slow. He's slow to get the ball to receivers who have broken open on their routes. And so there's a, a receiver will, will do one of those routes where you just run out 10 or 15 yards and you turn around and the ball needs to be there right then right. because in two or three steps, the defense is going to have caught back up with the fact that you're no longer running down the field, Right. right. And it is constantly the case that that ball is getting there just that half a second too late where it should have been there before the receiver is turning around. The ball needs to be out of his hands. Right. And instead he's waiting for the, the route to develop fully before actually throwing the ball. Right. He, he does this constantly. And he cannot throw a deep ball to save his goddamn life. Uh, he has try- he in-
2: he's I mean how deep are we talking he can So throw
0: he's it for hit, me. he's hit he's hit a lot of long throws but they've almost all been I'm going to throw it as high and as far as I can and that the receiver then needs to adjust to the ball on the fly right, right? and oftentimes he's thrown A receiver will have broken open by three or four yards where he's outrunning the cornerback and the ball gets up there and the receiver has to hold up. I can think of two or three times that Bowers should have had long touchdowns where instead he has to basically stop in the middle of the field and and wait for the ball to get to him, which allows the defense to collapse on him as well. Uh, It's a consistent problem with him. He's just not a very good quarterback. He's a very safe quarterback. He doesn't often make terrible mistakes. So there's that.
2: Do do you think he he's willing to pull like a Sabin if the need arose, like if, if down at halftime. If,
1: yes. If in fact, what's the other one? Big Poyle, whatever would be J- better. Like yes. If the he other... would solve the problem, then <laughs> right. yeah, he yeah. would switch them. Right. But, but uh, not if that's not the problem.
2: Most, most coaches would not. I mean, it's, it's highly unusual that Sabin did that. I mean, and he did it twice and in reverse and in, High stakes, like championship games, like most that people. That was when
1: that that was when it was the Jalen Hurts story. I had to right. tell myself that right. because I felt bad for him this whole time, and that's right. him coming back and winning like that. That's how that guy's story is. Sometimes, sometimes it's not about you. Right. Sometimes it's about. Jalen Hurts. Right.
0: Well, fuck that guy. He played for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And now he's the Eagles quarterback. Fuck that. He doesn't need I'm a not fucking story. I'm saying like him. Fuck him. I'm saying Jalen sometimes Hurts.
1: you're the and main character okay. and sometimes you're not.
0: You can knock him. I mean, you yeah. can JT Daniels is a superior quarterback and should be the quarterback of this team. And it is terrifying to me that we're going up against a saban led team. Like, in the, the, the fact is, is that there have been basically two teams that had a good plan executed moderately well against Georgia this year, and that's Kentucky had a pretty decent idea of what they were doing against our offense, and and Tennessee had a pretty decent idea of what they were doing against this team. Right. And we still steamrolled them, ultimately. We still sort of ran away with both of those games. But it, it was largely a, a fact of our defense stepping up and saving the day, and it's just... If anybody is going to have a good plan against this Georgia team, we cannot expect that it won't be Nick Saban, right? Right. Like Saban is going to know how to exploit this, the the problems with this offense and the small holes that exist on the defense. Now, can Alabama execute? That's that'll be the difference this year, which is that Alabama is just not that good. So we've watched, I've probably watched half a dozen Alabama games this year. Their offensive line is not nearly as good as it usually is. They make mistakes. They have stupid penalties. Yes. And they're just not as talented as they've been in years past. And so it might not matter. Like, this this all might be moot. Like, Georgia's a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Alabama. You sent that thing earlier. The last time Alabama played a football game where they were the underdog was 2015.
2: Six years ago, 92 games. And it was Georgia that was favorite. To begin this thing,
0: that's right. So ninety-two Not a point games how ago. That game
2: ended, by the way, but uh,
0: against
1: wait, that was the that was the bad game. That was that the was game. bad game.
0: They, they came to Athens and beat us thirty-eight to ten, and the game was over, like seven minutes into the game or something like bad that. Game. It was so bad, so quickly. At thirty-eight to ten, doesn't really begin to tell the story of how thoroughly dominated the Bulldogs were that day, and that was the last time that Alabama was an underdog.
2: Right, which is a very impressive streak. This is. Not that Alabama team. I don't know what I was expecting, and I know it's a rivalry between Auburn and Alabama, but Alabama looked terrible against yeah. a not that good Auburn team. Just terrible, and so I don't know. I
1: mean, it is fun to look at the the what are they common opponents? Yeah, just it's fun. It's fun to look at. It makes you feel good when like. And Georgia yeah, there were a lot of common opponents, and I think that Alabama did not cream so much.
2: I think. Tennessee is the only common opponent that Alabama did better. I think they won by twenty-eight. We won by twenty-four. But for all the others, it wasn't even close. And so, so you said this was uh, a six and a half point uh, line. I think if it weren't, if it was not Alabama, it would be like closer to ten or nine and a half ten. Like if it was based on this team, like this if Alabama it was the team, the
1: exact same
0: players right. wearing different right. jerseys. Based, based purely yeah. on the fact that this is a Saban coached Alabama team and that kirby has never beaten alabama like there's there's a lot that goes into that number but a big part of it is the stupid color of the jerseys on the on right. the players and and i agree this should be more like a two touchdown kind of line i think actually well, just I based hope on we what i've by seen two
1: touchdowns then i hope i hope it's so much and i hope alabama is gone forever this year and that we play cincinnati or someone stupid like i want it to be boring I want to beat Alabama, and like I said to your dad, I want it to be like when the Red Sox beat the Yankees in 2005, We're like, that wasn't the World Series, but then the World Series was just a cakewalk. Right. Like, that's how I want it to feel. Like, this is the fucking one. Fuck them. And then everyone else, you just just dispatch quickly.
2: Right. Ideally, we don't go in a hole that the Red Sox did before they— dug themselves out of it
0: for that one. But yeah, I think this, that's the thing. This team is not going to come back and this will, this is oddly enough. And I don't want to jinx it obviously, but you can see the path for Georgia. And it's not that it's not that crazy to say that at the end of this, it's not going to feel like we were even challenged very much to (laughs) in the same way that the Braves managed to sort of, I mean, yeah, the Braves thing was terrible at times, Uh, But when you go back and you look at the the playoff run, the the Braves had a fairly dominant run through the playoffs without having to worry or stress too very much. And you look at the Georgia schedule and you look at what what remains in front of them, and it's much the same, where they should beat Alabama. They're a better team than Alabama is. Another
1: similarity is losing possibly the best player and then another really good player for a sort of inappropriate reason. Right. and still doing all those things.
2: I mean, I'm trying to imagine what an Alabama win would entail. It has to be like turnovers and just like a lot of goosh, goofy stuff.
0: So if if Georgia is exploitable on defense, I think that they're exploitable on long plays because our yep. secondary is still not very great. Right. The, the cornerbacks, the safety... One of them's hurt. I think the safety play has actually been pretty good. Our cornerbacks are not that good and can be exploited. And if Alabama... That's the thing is, that even watching Alabama, they have not been great. Their their skills position players are not as good as they've been in years past.
2: But also, from what I gather, their offensive line is not that good this year, and that kind of runs up against Georgia's defensive line. So, yep. would they even have an opportunity for a play to develop enough for them to?
1: No, I hope not.
0: Right, right. but that's the thing with the big with the big plays against shitty uh, secondaries. You only need a handful of them to work, right? right. Now we. Could, you can see a situation where we sack the Alabama quarterback whose name is escaping me Bryce at the moment. Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young. Yeah, uh, like in we, we fucking
1: 2017. Fi- yeah,
0: <laughs> we sack him five or six times but but he hits three or four 50-yard touchdowns against us. Like it's not it's not completely inconceivable. That the game could go that way so
1: not inconceivable that we watched it happen with a different quarterback
0: right you watch well also you watch what they did against so auburn gave us the playbook for how to beat alabama which is to let alabama make their mistakes but also you don't make too many mistakes and then in the fourth quarter they just fucking completely shit the bed (laughs) Uh, and i mean there's that. there's that espn does that win probability yeah and you look at the win probability chart, and Auburn was at 99.9% to win the game with less than two minutes to go. They ended up punting the ball down to the three. Like, with with a minute 18, it was third and 10. Alabama had the ball on their own three-yard line, and they were like a 98% chance to lose that game. And right. they come back and ended up winning it in, in four overtimes. So, yeah, sure, anything can happen. But I have... More confidence going into this game against Alabama than I've ever had going. So
1: in- you know what helps? We don't even need to win. Fuck them.
0: Right, but you don't want those that team to no, linger. No, I but want yeah. to. No, you're but right. F- yeah,
1: but like, yeah, no, there's that no, helps.
0: there's no fuck them because it is not, ex- it is not acceptable to not win the SEC championship. No, I championship. agree. I'm
1: just saying in terms of the vibe, it doesn't feel like this desperate thing that we're reaching for. It feels like. This is, like, you've been complaining If we about get embarrassed, season, if we get em- that's the thing. This feels that, like this is ours for the taking. If we get embarrassed not, 38
0: to 10, like 2015, we don't deserve to go yeah. to the fucking college football that playoff. Anyway. That's true, but
2: it's also implausible. Like, you know, I, I, I make a lot of ridiculous bold claims. I don't think this is one of them. There's no scenario where Alabama wins. There's no scenario.
1: You heard it you heard it here first there, from me. I mean, who's never been wrong.
2: They're not going to win this game. I mean, maybe another year, maybe, but, like, no,
1: they'll win a game at some point. And also, Gabe. maybe another right. <laughs> year.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Do they get? I don't even know the the goofy semifinals matchup this year. Like, is a Sugar Bowl available for them? Because they would be in no. line. Yes. To to play yeah. in that. So I mean, you yeah, know, they'll be all right. But
1: I, they I just might don't not be. If they lose the SEC, it might go to someone else. But I thought they
0: gave it to the second. If, if the I don't know. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're, Alabama Al- Alabama's going to lose to us, and they're going to go play in the Sugar Bowl. That's fuck fine. Em. And then, yeah, the rest as far as the rest of the the top six or what have you, how that is going to shake out is in that event. You're going to wouldn't
2: s- Cincinnati? I mean, uh, Notre Dame slide in or like Michigan? It
1: depends on what else happens. Like if Michigan, with Michigan wins, yeah, Cincinnati
2: wins, they're in. Georgia wins, they're in. And so the fourth spot is not going to be Alabama. If they lose, then Notre Dame will without a. I don't think they have a championship game because they're not in a conference. So they'll just have to slide in, and their coach is leaving, yeah. which is weird.
0: Yeah, it'll be so. It'll be Notre Notre Dame probably if Michigan loses to like in Iowa. the championship game, yeah. then things get dicey in terms of whether or not Alabama gets into the the top four anyway, right? And if
2: well, they
1: that's were to why lose, we have sec- to beat them by three touchdowns. Because yeah, would, like we have to show that they're not allowed.
2: Yeah, I do wonder would they even have a path in that scenario? Like if they like lost respectably to Georgia, like by three, and then Michigan lost to Iowa.
0: If Georgia only barely beats. Alabama, and maintains that number one. I think that Cincinnati, as assuming that they, oh, they have one more game, or? Yeah, I, I don't even know if they play random team. Houston whatever, or something, yeah. I don't know.
1: They play Houston, yeah.
0: Cincinnati wins. I don't see how they can keep them out given the rest of the college football landscape this year. Like any other year, you can make the argument basically that Cincinnati hasn't done enough to prove that they belong. Right. But there's just no there's not enough other good teams right. to justify keeping them out. So Cincinnati, I think, is guaranteed in. Assume that Georgia is guaranteed in. If Michigan loses, then I think that Alabama gets in if they play close against Georgia. Uh, I don't I, so. I don't know who would else would get off. in.
1: Right. It pisses everyone off.
0: It would piss I me could off. Piss Georgia I don't off think too. Yeah, because Georgia would have to beat them twice. I don't know that Georgia can beat Alabama twice. Uh-huh. I'd like to see them do it once first. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, you said that. You just mentioned that Chip Kelly has taken the job at uh, not Chip Kelly, uh, Brian Kelly. <laughs> too many college football Kellys no out there. Right? No, no relation. Brian Kelly who's been at Notre Dame for a while now. Yeah, uh,
2: I don't understand like this much 15 years like, or something. Like is LSU 15, but, um, a better program than Notre Dame? I mean, it's Notre
1: Dame. Yes.
0: LSU almost certainly forked over a just absolute right. truckload of money and we'll find out what that is in a little while, I'm sure. But yeah, LSU is a better program than Notre Dame is wow. at this point. It's harder it's a harder path to uh, the national championship that Notre Dame has obviously because I mean, all Notre Dame has to do is like is get 10 or 11 wins against you know subpar opponents for the most part and they're going to be in the conversation for the top 4 at the end of the year no matter what as we're seeing this year it should be noted Notre Dame has
2: a contract with NBC to air their their games like they have a pretty nice slot it, it would be like a lateral move i don't see how this is an improvement so maybe there's some scandal? or so, I'm just making this up, right? It would have to be something like that for me to leave Notre Sources Dame. Sources have told The oh.
1: Athletic that Kelly believes Notre Dame can do more in facilities and mental performance, which would include brick-and-mortar upgrades to the – well, there's a funny word, center. Nope. <laughs> um, that word? It's not clear the Notre Dame administration would back such investment at least immediately. LSU's interest in Kelly – has Notre Dame's attention enough that those close to the head coach are sounding out his intentions. There's a belief that he wants to remain at Notre Dame. Hold on.
0: Is this an outdated this the, article?
1: This is the athletic.
0: I thought this was a done deal. Oh. Are we just making shit up now? So he's using LSU as leverage to. No, because
1: to... now also.
0: ESPN and Yahoo Sports both has this that, that Brian Kelly is going.
2: That, that's interesting If if that is the motivation, like, if the facilities no, that is, is the
0: most bullshit that is rationalization that is not motivation that's those are two different things
2: no, but is the argument that like he's not able to recruit crew to the level that he wants because the facilities aren't up to par
0: that is a that is a Brian Kelly problem, not a Notre Dame problem you're talking about fucking Notre dame there are there are kids I... sprinkled across the top half of this country <laughs> who have been dreaming about playing at notre dame for their entire lives this is a generational program it's
1: but are they good at football
2: i didn't know anything about college football and i knew about notre dame like right through rudy and like others just like it's just they're always there Yeah,
1: but that's 20 30 year old information in your head
0: yeah but notre dame is still notre dame maybe (laughs) it doesn't track anymore And it's not like he's, he's had a pretty decent run there, though. He's had a couple of teams that made it to the BCS, to the— uh...
2: And they would always get shellacked.
0: Yeah, sure. We kicked their ass a couple <laughs> that, of times.
2: Yeah. So it must be—I'll be interested to see between this move and the Lincoln-Riley move how much money they're getting paid because my, it must my be My guess a lot. is
0: that Lincoln-Riley is, is getting paid more than any coach in college football has ever been paid. That would
2: Even be Even more guess. than Saban?
0: Yeah, I would guess that he's getting a a pile of money that is unrivaled in college football, and I'm I'm sure Saban will demand more because what is Saban Saban's what like nine million dollars a year or something like that? I got that that
2: That sweet cash because Mel Tucker and Michigan wasn't he like nine and a half over ten years? So I think did he actually sign that
0: deal? Is that done? He better have. Yeah, it was (laughs)
1: like it was like six weeks before, like (laughs) moments before he lost. Yeah,
2: (laughs) hopefully they had like a gentleman's agreement to like. Stick to it. But this Lincoln Riley thing came out of nowhere because I don't pay that much attention to Oklahoma. But, like, weren't they? It's weird for Oklahoma because they abandoned their conference for more money in the SEC. And now their head coach abandoned their school for what I assume to be more money at USC. Although I don't understand that move either because, like, is, isn't USC like always in turmoil? Like, at least, I mean, when we were in, in college, they were really good. Right. They were just dominating when uh, what's his face was there. Pete Carroll and all the others, uh, Bush and Landell White and Matt Leonard. But And that
0: was the, that was that was when Georgia was actually really good. Right. And I remember I remember knowing that it didn't matter how good Georgia was because we weren't ever going to beat USC. Right. Like that was something that I just no matter how good those teams were in 2002, 2003, 2005, it was sort of inconceivable that watching Georgia games at that time Uh, and the way that we were winning. And, yeah, they were good teams full of really terrific talent. It just – USC was on another level. And there there was no – it was almost like they were playing a different sport. And they're nowhere near that now, but they're
2: still able to get, like, a very highly sought-after coach who, by the way, just a quick aside, as far as misleading statements go. So we had Aaron Mm Rodgers not too long ago. Uh, I, I'm immune, immunized, or what did he say? Like, I was, or I'm I immunized?
1: I was immunized.
2: I
0: was immunized, yeah.
2: Our 42nd president, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, like in a technical out. And right. then now you have Lincoln Riley, because the rumor was basically like he was about abandon ship for LSU. Yep. And so he <laughs> says,
1: He was not going to I'm not to going do that. to
2: be the head coach for LSU, which is the a technically correct statement, but it's misleading because he was basically already he's already committed when he said that statement he's already committed to usc
0: so it's like misleading statements to me this it's not as crazy a move as it looks on its surface or or as it felt maybe in the moment that you first saw the notification which it would have been surprising to me if he made the move to lsu because while i think that lsu and oklahoma are similar in stature in terms of national program sort of whatever that is the brand of the program with Oklahoma moving to the SEC no later than 2025 and possibly before then, why would he leave Oklahoma where he has this program built up, where he knows he can recruit, where he knows the lay of the land there, uh, to go to LSU to have to compete inside the SEC anyway? I don't, that doesn't make any goddamn but sense. But I don't buy
2: that explanation because, first of all, it's in 2025. Why is he deciding about what to do in He's 2025 not. He's now? He's And it's not like USC is like a guaranteed thing. It could all just fall apart. One explanation I heard was, and I don't know how true this motivation is, is, you know, out in the West Coast, uh, they're able to recruit talent. And with this NIL stuff, they can maybe sell that you can, you know, partner with some brands out West. The licensing stuff, you mean. Yeah, that maybe it would be like a combination of those two things, location, the the storied program, and the money that could be had would be more lucrative than going to town Rouge or staying in Norman, and plus all the money that they're giving him.
0: Oklahoma has likely peaked as a program over the last five years in terms of their— so, yeah, an all-time great college football program, going back to Barry Switzer's run in the, like, 70s and 80s, I guess. And then you had— Bob Stoops there for twenty years, including a national championship in ninety nine, maybe or two thousand, something like that.
2: Sure, and they've been—I mean, they've been in some good games. I think Georgia played them not too long ago. Right, they've,
0: that- made the, they've made the—they've made the—they've made the playoff three times already in just the the what four or five year history of the college football right. playoff. But. I don't think that entering into the SEC is going to be good for their prospects of continuing to win at this level, and I think that he probably recognizes that. But and in terms do, of,
2: do you? But that's what I still can't understand how that makes sense. I mean, first of all, we have now the Notre Dame guy going into an SEC team, where he had an independent school that can kind of cherry pick opponents, and you know, don't have to worry about championship Saturday in December like very favorable like tv deals but he's going into the sec west which is very difficult much more than the sec east and that hasn't been a problem
0: so i can't imagine that he's like running scared because he can't compete in the sec i don't think it's a question of running scared i think it's a question of where can he go from there no it's i think that
1: what you're trying to say sort of is that he knows that if the program's peaked in five years he's getting fired
2: okay okay so he's like Max, you know, so he's trying to. So this is,
1: yeah, it's like succession, shitty bullshit.
0: Right, getting ahead like,
1: of. Oh, I'm going to get out and save my own ass while I can, right. because this is a sinking ship. And I a don't weird see it way. as per-
0: I don't see it as particularly shitty in the way I'd, that you do. Not
1: for the kids that he's recruited. Well,
0: sure, but that like that's the nature of the business. Is that? And by I mean, the way, this doesn't been,
1: usually happen. There had
0: been a mass exodus in the last twenty-four hours. You
1: don't usually have a winning program top. 10 program coach leave for a lesser program.
0: So that's the other thing. USC is not necessary I mean, yes, right now certainly USC is a lesser program. But assuming that USC is like a, a, a C-plus program right now – that is easily an A-minus to A program if it achieves its full potential. Right. And what yeah. I'm saying is that Oklahoma is a solid B-plus, A-minus that five years from now when they're in the SEC and he has to compete against Alabama, LSU, uh, Texas A&M, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, right. Tennessee maybe right. figures it out someday and starts to come back, and yeah. Texas anyway. Like he's not leaving fucking Texas no, behind. This is he a still Kendall has to Roy deal Roy move, with Texas. and you know it. It's – no, it's just – no, I disagree. I think that it just makes a great deal of sense for him in terms of that. That is a program that's a B plus, A minus right now that is probably a few years from now a B minus, C plus kind of program in terms of their ability to compete for the national title. And USC represents something else.
2: Right. Do you think the underhanded – as some would characterize it, the underhanded way he went about it is going to impact his ability to recruit – going forward? or pe- Absolutely pe- not. Nobody, tell- Nobody yeah.
0: tells the truth in that situation. No, or, no, no, no coach in the history of the, <laughs> of the sport gets asked that question and then is just completely forthright about what's going on. It just doesn't That's happen.
2: Right. I mean, Nick Saban uh, did a similar play when it was with the Dolphins before he left for Alabama. So I guess you're right. People do have short-term memories, especially if you succeed. The, the problem is if it doesn't take off, you know, like if it's like Nebraska or something. Like where,
1: Lane Kiffin over and over again.
2: Or, yeah. But I guess, like I said, by the way, fun uh, fun fact, according to media reports, uh, this Lincoln Riley guy has two pets and he named them Boomer and Sooner, two separate dogs. So I don't <laughs> know if he's going to, I don't know, is it unethical to change your dog's name like midstream? Like, yeah, it's,
1: it just doesn't really work. Okay. You know what else I don't like about Lincoln Riley? What's that? He's younger than me. It, wait,
2: I thought he was in his 40s. Fuck
1: he's, him. He's, what? Yeah, he's, no, he's 38. No He's kidding. 38, but he's born in September. Yeah.
2: Wow, good for him. Look at that.
1: No, no, bad, <laughs> And bad. he's already,
2: all these different suitors, and he's.
1: I hate him.
2: Backstabbing
1: poor Oklahoma.
0: I guess I just disagree with Lori's sentiments here, which is that I think it's good for the sport, and I think it's good for him. I
1: just don't like quitters i don't like quitters i like i like, when, I like quit. when
0: there are a couple of good teams out west and it's been a few years since i don't like there when people a,
1: quit to go do the same job somewhere else i love when people quit their jobs if he was just done then i would be like that's amazing that is great and he's my but new this hero this is just
0: the nature of the it's just what happens in this sport is that the coaches jump around like we have an unusual situation at georgia where we had Ricked for 15 years, he goes 13 and two against the hated Yellow Jackets. He was never going to leave on his, uh, you know, of his own accord. He was at at his dream job, and Kirby's the same exact way. It is inconceivable to imagine Kirby deciding he's going to go coach USC or something because he's he's uh, looking for a new challenge.
1: Same kind of thing as Lincoln Riley. Like he's coaching at the school that he learned to coach at. Basically, I can't imagine.
2: Kirby, Kirby Smart, Smart learned to it. coach at Alabama. I know. So. No, I know.
1: But, like, where did Lincoln – Lincoln Riley really didn't play football anywhere, did he?
2: I didn't even know where he went, yeah. Like, I guess our is much more stable. It's kind of almost like the Pittsburgh Steelers head coaching where it's just 15, 15 years or so.
0: I'm, I'm thinking he'll be there for at least another 10 he years. He went
1: to Texas Tech. Okay. So it's as you though, you know, what though?
0: like I loved Les Miles when he was the coach at LSU, yeah, and I've fucking loved Ed Ogeron as the coach of LSU. <laughs> yeah. They're both hilarious and awesome individuals. Right. Like it's fine that change happens, and yeah. it is good if USC but they becomes both got fired. Sure, but if US, but the, right, but that's what I'm saying is that like the churn is good for the sport, and it's and and as much of a bummer as it is that like the the kids are treated one way and the coaches are treated another way, and worst of all, the program are, on top of it all being shitty, I still think it's good if USC can become a national uh, power again. I think it'd be good if Oregon was good again. I'm just uh,
1: glad Jimbo Fisher's not going to LSU. I'll, be, I'll
0: be happy about that. Now there's a good
2: Notre Dame job available. Maybe Dan Mullen can get this.
0: That would be funny if Notre Dame hires Florida's reject. <laughs> that would
1: reject. be perfect. He should go there. They should talk to us. I will they say about the podcast.
0: As a, a less... A less news-related peg and more of just a, a state-of-the-sport kind of thing. It's been said plenty of times about college football that uh, the the lifeblood, the oxygen of college football is the rivalries. Right. And I think that is absolutely true. And everything that is being done to break up these conferences and and move things around and try to create... A future for the sport that is somehow more profitable and and makes more money for the conferences and for the NCAA is ultimately going to backfire, and that the the only thing that keeps the sport going is the fucking burning hatred that one fan base has for another. Uh, how do you see? And, how do you imagine that it
2: would backfire? Because I imagine that they're going to continue to make money, right? These super conferences, or at least they're trending in that way. And there are enough programs to sustain at least four big conferences, you know, if the Big 12 is swallowed up by SEC and, I don't know, the ACC.
0: So so part of what makes a rivalry is not just that you are, like, natural sort of regional foes. It's how much did this opponent take from you over the years, right? Right? The thing that breathes life into a, a Georgia-Auburn rivalry has— Something to do with the fact that Auburn is right there across the border at the the Georgia-Alabama line, but arguably has far more to do with the fact that these two teams have taken from each other through the years a number of different opportunities, have prevented each other from achieving greatness uh, or from from accomplishing what they set out to accomplish, right? Right. And And
1: part of that is because they played late.
0: Part of that is, sure, it's because they played late. They fucked it up. And it's because they are often on equal footing, right? So the thing that's a, that's been in funny about the Georgia Georgia Tech rivalry for the last twenty years at this point—I mean, uh, Rick was thirteen and two against him, and and Kirby is what now four and one.
2: Mm-hmm. Has Kirby lost? To te- yeah, his first year. Okay.
0: Like that rivalry is—it's not as terrifying and awful as it as it could be obviously because georgia just has been whipping their ass for the last 20 years and as much of a bummer as it felt last year when we didn't play georgia tech it felt like less of a big deal than it might otherwise because they're just not any good right now
2: well doesn't that undercut the argument you're making it's like if the rivalries matter so much and then if you have right. but if you no longer have parity
0: between the two teams we're at least you're you, know, right. you know it does undercut my point except that there's no way in hell I'm missing a Georgia Georgia right. Tech game right. even though I know that Georgia is going to whip their ass and that the game is ultimately meaningless both for them and for us because the thing that keeps me coming back to the television is the fact that it's Georgia Georgia Tech when Georgia played Charleston Southern 2 weeks ago And the outcome was equally not in question, right? We
1: couldn't watch it as part of the problem. No
0: disrespect to Georgia Tech, except for all of the disrespect (laughs) that is due them, obviously. Uh, But at no point was the Charleston Southern game in any less, or or the Tech game, in any less a question in terms of its outcome than it was the week before against Charleston Southern. And I didn't watch a single snap of the Charleston Southern game.
1: could not watch it. It was not allowed.
0: I, but we, took could a while have. To, we could to have signed that, up for ESPN yeah. Plus for $4 or something and watched the fucking game, and it would have been fine. But I, it just had absolutely no interest for me whatsoever. And the more that you lose the fact that... So, so Texas and Oklahoma... How many Oklahoma fans are going to give a shit after a couple of years that Oklahoma is playing South Carolina or right. something, right? It's not or so Oklahoma much that Oklahoma
2: is... I think it's not so much that they're playing new teams, unusual teams. It's just... Like, for instance, Texas and Texas A&M used to play forever, and they stopped. What if Michigan Ohio State, because of a lot of money, like, let's say Ohio State joined the SEC, like and they can't, they've can't, they been playing forever, that would be hard to stop. Or Auburn, Georgia, you know. It sucks. It's, it's, it would it suck sucks. to kind of get it rid sucks. of. It sucks. But it seems like it's trending that way because people have complained that in Texas about, as far as I can tell, this Texas, Texas A&M thing, but people have moved on. And now I guess they'll resume when they come back to the SEC.
0: In sure, a few but how years? much longer can you how much longer can you continue to make money from a product that is not engaging the fan base in the way that it was 20 years ago? And yeah, sure, you make the argument that 40 years from now my kid will have watched Georgia play Missouri every year for his entire life. Right. And so that will have built some sort of new thing into it. Yeah, uh,
1: especially that, if Missouri gets any good. Yeah, I guess that is true because it, I mean
2: As far as I know, Vanderbilt was always in the SEC, but apparently they weren't. The bigger problem is that there are only so many teams that can be competitive. Like, I can't imagine being, like, a Georgia Tech fan, like, through this whole thing. Because it's like, you suck now. There's no hope for getting better tomorrow. It's just like, it's kind of like the Georgia basketball team. Like, they suck. Nobody pays attention to them, but they've sucked for a long time. But at least you have another sport to move on to. Like, they're... If you're, like, into that's football— how UVA
1: does, That's how UVA does right. football. They do basketball instead. Right. But if you're in a
2: team, like, you know, like a Georgia Tech-caliber team, there's really no prospect for getting better. It's not like they're vying for some coach to, to you know, to, to coach for
0: them. Yeah, but you hope—if you're Georgia Tech, you hope that you can compete, you can win seven or eight games a year and consistently go bowling, and then once every two or three years— have a chance at upsetting Georgia right. and ruining their fucking right. season, right. right? You thrive, <laughs> you thrive ultimately Plank on spoiler. the hatred that boils in your veins <laughs> right. for your natural rivals, True. right? And if if Georgia goes from playing Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, Tech every year, right? And those are the big ones. Yeah. Florida, Tennessee, Auburn and Tech. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, like, Auburn is – like, what – I don't know what the schedule is going to look like after the conference expands with Oklahoma and Texas, but there's a reasonable shot that – like, we're even only going to play Oklahoma once every fucking 15 years or something right. Like, right. like that, right? It's like Texas like, and M-
2: or, It's we hardly play that team, even though they're
0: – Right. Or they change the schedule the so drastically that we just stop playing Tech every year. Yes. Or they change the schedule so drastically that Auburn rotates off of our schedule every couple of years. Like, and that – That diminishes the sport. That diminishes how much I fucking care about any one game. I love the fact that Georgia has, like, five schools that we fucking hate every single year. Right. And, like, I I could give a shit about playing Missouri. Right. And it's been since—when did they join the conference? Uh, 2012 or something like that? Uh, It
1: was was before that. It was before—when did Emily—
0: it doesn't matter. The point is is Around that it's been it's been quite some time, right. and I do not give a flying fuck about playing Missouri uh, any more than I care. Like, and I'd much I'd rather watch Georgia play Vanderbilt than than right. Missouri, as silly yeah. as that is. Yeah. And and that's what gives the sport. That's what keeps me interested in the sport. That's what makes sure that I tune in every fucking week, unless we're playing some shitty ass team like Charleston Southern, right? And yeah, it'll be fun to go to Norman and play an SEC game against Oklahoma. Right. When the first time that happens in twenty thirty seven or right. what have you, but is that any more fun than it would be if we just did a home and home with Oklahoma right. every once in a while, right. or if we did a-
1: like that time we did with Oklahoma State?
0: Right, that was awesome. It sucked ultimately because we lost one of those games. We but- lost
1: the home one. We beat them there. Right. You know what I'm excited for? Potentially mm. not giving a shit about football next year because Georgia won the national championship yes. already. Move That's on to what the I, second like. title. Do whatever you want to football if we can win it right. this year. I won't care. I promise.
0: That's the thing, though. Georgia is not going to win just one. You get this right. one. I don't
1: need more than one. That's I don't trying. want more than one. <laughs> I just want this one this a, year. A, I
0: need. I need Abe to do <laughs> do his uh, LeBron impression I here did not for us before a we move impression.
2: on. I played a clip of LeBron. Doing LeBron.
0: Championships. Not two. LeBron, tell us about that. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. I'm... Hey, and when I say that, and when I say that, I really believe it.
2: You know? But yeah, it's not gonna stop at one, but you're right, Lori. I remember a long time ago when my uh, Colts won and I started becoming a degenerate drunk. I think this is fine. One, I'm not greedy. I don't. You don't need to win every year. You win once.
1: I just want one. Yeah. I will hope they win. Yeah. I'll be like, it's just yeah, like icing good on the for cake. you yeah. guys. Yeah. But man, I will not care. Right. I will not give an actual shit. <laughs> I care way too. People are like, "How are you?" And I'm like, "I just. Do you want to talk about college football, or can you just shut up? Right. Because that's all that's on my mind." Right. So. Get ready to hear what I think about <laughs> Georgia football because that's what's going on. But, the, like, I'm so ready to not care. But it'll be the next three games should be fun,
0: though.
1: Yeah. I hope they're fun. I hope that she the says three this, games are fun. She says this,
0: but, but it, what I'm saying about the rivalries is that what makes it so great is that whether Georgia's any good or we're losing five games a year and we're having a down couple of seasons, the fact mm-hmm. is, is that if Georgia's playing Auburn, I'm going to fucking get super pumped to watch that game no matter what the outcome is going to be right. because it's fucking Auburn. Right. And yeah, I'm going to want to
1: watch Auburn lose. Right. But yeah, it'll go back to wanting to see the other teams right. lose right. than caring about winning for myself.
0: Right. How about your uh how about your prediction? So yeah, the, the line opened at like four and a half before this weekend's games and then because it moved the to the s- matchup was already set, right. and then it moved to five and a half after this weekend's games, and it's all the way up to six and a half points. Georgia, basically a touchdown favorite, going into four o'clock Saturday. First of all, before we get into final predictions on that, right. my fucking nine year old son, his soccer team, which is not a good soccer team.
1: Uh, <laughs> they are a soccer It <laughs> Feels
0: important, by the way, to mention they're that they're not any score, good.
1: Right?
2: Or
0: have they no, started? I mean, we all we know what happened okay. in all of the games. Okay. Made the goddamn postseason tournament. So the soccer season was supposed to be over, but there's an <laughs> invitational tournament that the best four teams in the league get invited to, and they were invited to participate in the postseason invitational. And the, you can
1: guess, you can have a guess. When do you think the game is on Saturday? On oh, no when do you way. Think the soccer no. game starts.
0: way. Two, two games in the tournament on Saturday. Mm-hmm. There's a 10 a.m. kickoff. Then we have the rest of the day to ourselves until 4 p.m. When the second game kicks off.
1: Not four. Can't start at four. Four (laughs) ten.
2: That is hilarious. Why is there such a large gap, though? Like, are there like other? Because
1: there's other games playing.
2: What, is it like a eliminate Like if they lose the ten o'clock, they do make it to the four. No, nope. the second it? game is a
0: guaranteed, guaranteed.
1: game. <laughs> if they win, they get to play the next day with some hungover parents. How
2: long do the, uh, do these games take?
0: An, An hour. hour, okay. And it's and it's like fifteen minutes away, so we're gonna miss possibly the whole first half of this fucking. So you game. may
2: miss. Like, could I, I imagine it'll be a slow start? For Georgia's offense. That's true. It's the
0: CBS the CBS games you could get to five o'clock and there still be like five minutes left in the first quarter. So, right, of that's notes, true. Yeah,
1: the- I missed the first half of the Georgia Auburn SEC championship that went well. So,
2: okay, well, yeah. that's good. I mean,
0: I'll, yeah, have my, well, I'll have my I'll have my phone. Yeah, I'll are going to use all our phone, money on data to watch so. the game.
2: Oh, that should be fun. But I I I don't think it'll be a very close game. This I know. Probably sounds like a nightmare for you too, but I'll be going to a watch party. They're going at, at the Tabernacle here in Atlanta. They're gonna have a big screen. Those two words don't go showing together. Showing with all the people in there, it'll be fun.
0: Nice the Tabernacle. The Tabernacle is a terrific venue, by the way. Yes. an old an old converted church made into a music venue. I've seen some really great concerts at the I think, Tabernacle.
2: I've, I've been there thrice, and all stand up comedy. I've never been for music, and I'm still. I guess I'm not because. There's no music to say. Actually there's like a live DJ. Yeah. Maybe that'll count. All
0: right, so six and a half points. Uh, what's, your, what's your prediction? Georgia easy,
2: but at least by 17. The game will be over by the, the
0: third quarter. I'm taking the dogs like 42 to 10.
2: Oh, you don't want to go 38-10 to, you know,
0: poetic? No, 40, 42 to 10 feels about right. Lowering?
1: Oh, I'm supposed to say, stuff. I don't like guessing. Uh, I think either we'll win comfortably-ish or lose close.
0: On Saturday night, I was kind of drunk, and I was playing with the gambling app, and I pulled up on my phone a $100 bet on the dogs to cover the five-and-a-half points, and I, I did not send it through. I woke up Sunday morning with the uh, with the bet unmade, oh, so I, did the line I have move? not bet on this game yet.
2: Was it still five-and-a-half Sunday?
0: No, I'd moved up to six oh, and a half. Bet.
2: It won't matter at that point.
1: <laughs> don't bet. Don't bet on that game. Don't bet on that I'm game. I'm
0: supremely confident, and I feel like the only way
1: you're so stupid, though. <laughs> you're bad at betting. Don't be confident. Just don't bet on it. Bet on other games. Bet on fucking cricket. Bet on other stuff. Just leave that game alone.
0: I have made more money on gambling than I have lost. You're I'll made, have you know.
1: That's not saying much.
2: You, you know when the the intelligence agencies are like, they have high confidence in some intelligence? Like, I have the highest confidence in this prediction. Highest. Ugh. More Feels so good. than those two court cases uh. that we talked about last uh. time. And those yeah, were speaking dogs. of
0: which, let's move, let's move to uh, who gives a shit news instead of who uh. gives a shit sports. It's a WGAS newsbag. Kyle Rittenhouse as predicted by uh, this show and many others, was uh, found not guilty of all charges. There were no riots. There was no major uh, demonstrations or violence as a result of this. It seems to me that most of the upset about this happened almost entirely on Twitter, where many, many media types were shocked that Uh, Such a blatant white supremacist who'd killed uh, black people in pursuit of his white supremacist agenda was set free by the corrupt U.S. justice system despite uh, none of what I just said being actually the case. Right. And
2: and also it seems like there is some willful misrepresentation. I think they recognize that on the actual issue at hand – that he would be acquitted they just don't like all the things surrounding it and, and and I would agree with him on that. Just like all the stuff leading up to what happened, that he he would take it upon himself to put himself in front of property he doesn't own or I don't know what he was trying to do, right? And all you're doing is right. just kinda of making things worse and people died in a situation where no one had to die. People could just protest and some of the idiots would burn something. You know, property damage is not good, but it's not your property. We can't just have people going to random places trying to defend someone else's property because what eventually happens is, like, who the fuck are you? Confrontation. Boop, boop. Somebody dies. And here we are.
0: Right. And it's a weird fact of the justice system that had that other guy successfully killed Kyle Rittenhouse, he probably would have gotten off with the same defense that Kyle Rittenhouse used. To get off himself. But that's like, that's the nature of the awful situation that these two idiots put themselves in and decided to uh, insert themselves unnecessarily into. Right. And like, that doesn't feel good, right? It doesn't feel like justice necessarily that Rittenhouse gets to walk away. But it feels more like justice than if he was put away in prison for some extended period of time, uh, ultimately for for having defended his life, uh, when it was under threat. And it's hard to get away from that. Uh, it was funny to me that in the immediate aftermath, Biden was in front of reporters and was asked what he thought and gave the correct response, which was something along the lines of, uh, we respect and I respect the jury system for what it is. And it, you know, they, they, they did their job and we need to respect that and then a few hours later the white house comes out uh cleaning it up by bowing to the more reactionary elements of the of the liberal wing of the party talking about how this is a miscarriage in some way
2: right. and i don't know to to what end just let that original statement stand or i mean he can not have said anything at all i guess but like i don't understand the Trying to satisfy someone online why you would want to do that because it just comes across as like you're just you're not just saying that just to kind of appease people you don 't actually believe it yourself, so it's like what was the point
0: right and for like and th- just strictly speaking, and obviously i don 't represent anyone but myself, but I found it distasteful when Biden referred to Rittenhouse as a uh, white supremacist in some way, which he had done. In the it's like before campaign, okay, right in the, in the past he had done that, and I was absolutely pleasantly surprised when that first statement comes out, and he said we ap- we respect the jury system and that they've done their job uh, correctly, and that's the it's the the system working as it should. That was a pleasant surprise, and then like two hours later, literally they ruin it by issuing a statement in his name out of the White House, uh, so. Yeah, I don't know who the fuck that was for. What I know for certain is that it wasn't for me because it took something <laughs> that I felt positive right. about what Biden said and turned it into, into something negative. Uh,
2: yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't read the, the cleanup, so maybe it didn't make that much of a headway.
0: So you, you right? So you didn't see the thing, so it doesn't matter. And then maybe that's maybe that's it. Is that most people consume the news from uh, the perspective that they're used to hearing from, and so if. If uh, the White House has to issue a statement that says that Biden is outraged in some way with the outcome, then the only people that hear that are going to be the people that agree with that outrage anyway. Also, in other court cases that we had discussed last time out, uh, the Ahmad Arbery trial came to an end in which the three gentlemen who uh, dispatched with him were found guilty of—
2: I did not know— there were so many counts. There were like 10 counts yeah. for each. It's like malice, this, murder, that, this, that, and the other.
0: Yeah, and they, they will be in prison for quite some time, yeah. right? I like mean, 25 to life or something. The
2: youngest person is life without parole. And then all the old geezers, they'll be dead by the time their sentence is up. Right. And, all, and, and so, like, big picture, four lives are now ruined because of their stupid impulse. They're racially motivated, if you want to call it that, or whatever. It's just like, what was the point of that? Like, you killed somebody because you suspected that, what, they were running around stealing something instead of calling it in or some other thing? And now, you you know, I guess they thought that they could get away with it, and they almost did. I mean, there was like two months or so where nothing came of it. There was some weird prosecutor or some weird shit was happening in that county where they were taking their time. But eventually, they were charged, and now their lives are basically done.
0: Rightfully so, based on the right, no, rightfully. That but just took. like, uh-huh.
2: what was the point? Like, four lives are now ruined for what?
0: Yeah, because they were afraid that, like, at worst case scenario, he had broken into a house that was not occupied, and was like either vandalizing or like stealing copper or something like from from appliances that were being and like installed. stashing it somewhere like,
2: else. Because right. I mean it's not on his person, right? So it's like
1: Yeah, and then going for a run.
2: Right.
0: It's like hmm. Right. Well, it, he was not exercising that day. I but not not that it matters. Is that not what that they were having... is, is that what they were getting at Because there was some a weird angle
2: that the defense lawyer took, at least one of them, which is to point to the fact that he was bare toed and so it's not like running a tire. I don't know. There was some weird angle that it was coming. It didn't go anywhere. Uh was that what they were getting at that
0: well right because that was that was a bit of a last ditch effort by them i think to to try to paint arbery as anything but a victim which was you know as as a lot of what defense attorneys do in the in the effort of defending their clients as vigorously as possible it felt kind of gross right Uh, but, but i don't begrudge the attorney that particular closing argument they're allowed to you know they they are compelled to proceed in any way that they think that they can proceed that will benefit their client, and that's the way the system is set up.
2: You give them a lot of latitude uh, to defend their Yeah, part.
0: I do think that the prosecuting attorney down there out of Cobb County did a good job in not sort of over-racializing the case, which I think it – I can see how it might have been tempting to to paint these three idiots as bigots and racists. Uh, the problem with that is that that leads you to a situation where you're asking the jury to determine, are these three people racists and is that why we're sending them to prison for the rest of their lives? Right. And that would have felt – even if you ended up with the same outcome, to me that would have felt fucking weirder and grosser than just presenting it as the, the facts of the case as they, as they unfolded in real life, which is that they came across this person – and confronted him and held him against his will and ended up shooting him when he attempted to evade their capture. Right. Uh, a capture that was even under the old Georgia citizen's arrest laws invalid, right? So it, it, it was not the case that they witnessed him doing anything right. that would qualify for a citizen's arrest. They uh, claimed only that they suspected him of doing the bad thing not they actually witnessed him doing the bad thing right and obviously they weren't tried under the new laws where there is no more you know where they've they've changed the citizens arrest laws in georgia in the aftermath of this event to make it more difficult but even under the old ones they they would not have have been able to claim that
2: no that's true but i i i do think you're right that They took the right approach as far as presenting the case because I always say, don't do anything unnecessary. Like, however tempting it may be to kind of make this into uh, a race thing, if you introduce that, then you then have to prove that. And it's hard to... I mean, other than just saying, well, they're white and he's black, you know, what else do we need to prove, right? Like, don't get into that. Just, you have enough evidence. And by the way, evidence that... These three bozos, you know, documented themselves and one of their early lawyers released to the media. I don't know what what they thought that they were going to get out of that bargain, but that backfired because I do wonder if there was no video recording of it. Maybe the one guy, the the son, the person actually shot, maybe he'd still be in trouble, but the other two could have gotten out of it somehow to say that we were bystanders were further away. I was in the car and my son, you know, something. But it was all recorded, and so they were all uh, convicted. Um, But, yeah, like I I think just stick to the evidence that's there, and you can make an easier case. They were trying to make a big thing about – I think the the makeup of the jury was like 11 white, one black or something like that. But if you just presented the evidence, it doesn't matter the makeup. I think most juries would have reached – a similar and it's
0: something that should be like I don't know about celebrated, but it's something that should be like appreciated, right? right? That we this isn't the court of public opinion, this isn't fucking Twitter, right? right? Like, <laughs> and and it it doesn't actually behoove you when you're when you're trying to do something in the real world to just start throwing around accusations of uh, racism or white supremacy or what have you, uh, because it doesn't actually like none of that actually matters in terms of determining the facts of the case, and. I've been, like, wildly annoyed by the goings-on on on Twitter these last couple weeks. I don't know why, in particular, it has bothered me so much. I don't know if I've crossed some fucking Rubicon that I can't come back from. (laughs) But it all feels so fucking tiny and stupid lately. And I don't need the inevitable, yeah, I fucking told you so, from everybody. Like, yeah, Twitter's fucking meaningless and pointless and small, and none of it actually matters. But there's just a there's an incessant and it's and it and and what feels like an accelerating tendency of and this is something that we've talked about over and over again. It's not new. So, like I say, I'm I'm searching for the reason as to why it's making me crazier the last couple of weeks than it had been is it, up until now.
2: Is it just a few select Twitter accounts? Like, like what is the is, is it like the the analysis of the, the the news that some people
0: there's just and there's a a willingness and a, there's an incentive almost that seems built into the platform that says that the smarmier and the shittier that we can be, the the more dismissive that we can be of anybody on the other side. Like it, 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 people are so quick to just. Say you associate with X, X has said Y, and therefore you are Z, which is Z is always racist or white supremacist, right? right? So like it's – and the only explanation for other people's behavior that we don't understand or that we disagree with is, oh, this person is either doing a bit, right? Like this this person yeah. is just a troll or they're actually evil, right. right? Those are the only two possible explanations for what's going on in the mind of the people who are on the other side. And it's, it's a strange place to be for the commentariat class. It's a very weird situation where it feels like even the best ones are susceptible to it right. even the ones who i want to respect like and and want to read when when i read their articles it's all good and then you go on twitter and you find that they're retweeting or liking oh, yeah. things that are like nightmarishly grade schoolish right. right like just the most childish bullshit about people that they like and it's all internecine fucking high school bullshit on Twitter with these journalist people. And it just it's just it's a difficult thing to wrap your head around the fact that what's simmering below the surface of a lot of these people is just the the pettiest fucking bullshit back and forth. Uh and, and a total willingness to throw away anything that could be considered sort of academic or or journalistic standards. Uh, because they don't like that person right. or because that person is on the or wrong team. They,
2: like what you're saying is they're just making them the other. Like, oh, this, that that kind of like shortcuts everything. Like you don't have to engage with this person. This person is an other and that's it. Right. What's puzzling with what you describe is that people do this even when they could – uh, they have like a – the argument is on their side, right? They they have the facts, but they still resort to this, which I don't understand. What what is that old? If you, you have the law on the side, pound the law, blah blah blah. Right. Uh, and if you don't have that, then pound the table. Just kind of like make a big scene. It seems like people, even if the law is on the side in this uh, expression, they still pound the table. They still like, oh, oh, this person is a uh, commie, like on one side, or, or fascist on the other side. Right. And that's all you why does know? Kyle
0: Rittenhouse have to be a white supremacist to be wrong? And why, why Right. Yeah. Why, does, why does anybody who wants to defend Kyle Rittenhouse have to be a white supremacist because they're defending Kyle Rittenhouse? And, and they can still be wrong. You can still disagree with them. But they, they, they we're so quick to go – it's like the old thing about the uh, – whatever the law is about invoking Nazism online. Oh, the Goodwin, Godwin – Right, Godwin's law that that once you have to invoke Nazism, right. you fucking lost the argument, and we we, we live by that fucking law now. <laughs> like Although, it's just constant. Yeah, people. Yeah, you're right. And it's and it's not. I'm not just blaming it on the idiots on the left who are calling everything uh, Nazism or white supremacy. Uh, this is a standard issue position of Republicans for as long as I can remember that anything you don't like is communist or right. socialist, right? Like it's it's utterly dismissive of anything from fucking Medicare to actual socialism, right? right. It's just a- anything that happens on that spectrum you can just eliminate as being an unacceptable – Uh, outcome of the other team and that there's nothing worthy of even engaging with it and that was fine when it was just idiots like ted cruz throwing around bullshit and 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 i could like i could live with it because that's what idiots like ted cruz do but when it's the entire political establishment on all sides who are doing it to one another you just don't want to engage with it at all right so i
2: wonder then maybe we have it wrong and people on twitter are not In it to kind of like fine-tune their argument and kind of see the opposition and then maybe they can kind of calibrate and say, okay, I see what you mean by that that point. And to kind of make their argument stronger, they're doing this just to kind of show other people that they're in solidarity with their side. So it's it's not about like winning an argument or at least presenting the argument that they think is the sound one based on whatever the story is.
0: they just... To the to the point where people who just try to present arguments are called Nazis right. for trying to present <laughs> arguments. To the point where, like Matty Glacius, the most anodyne fucking policy liberal that you could come up with, this side of his buddy Ezra Klein, right? right? Like, just yeah. the other side of the Ezra Klein coin, basically, is is gets lumped in with the Greenwalds, who is also lumped in with the Tucker Carlson's, yeah. who now is basically just a, a white supremacist. In, in, a, in a tan suit, right? right. Somehow, Matty Glacius and Tucker Carlson <laughs> and Glenn Greenwald are all the fucking same right. to anybody who's slightly to the left of them, right? right? And it's a completely intolerable uh, place to try to learn anything. And, I, and And maybe that's wrong of me to try to learn anything by going Have on you? Twitter. I can acknowledge that. But also, on top of what I'm complaining about here, it's also a place where— Not just context gets stripped away, but understanding itself is increasingly hard because if you read a tweet— From someone, unless you know everything about that person and where they situate themselves in this 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 conversation that I'm talking about, you can't possibly know if they're being serious with what they're saying, if they are being half serious, or if we're supposed to uh, take this entirely as a sarcastic joke, Right. right? And and you can only reliably figure that out if you don't know that person. Based on the people that you follow, have they liked or retweeted or commented or in- interacted on that initial tweet in some way, then you can say, Oh, I have I've derived the meaning of this thing based on how Jamel Bowie interacted yeah. with it. Yeah. Right. So I know that this must actually be a sarcastic thing that's happening. So now that reframes everything yep. about the thing that I just read. Like that's no fucking way to gain anything that, that approaches understanding except if the thing that you're trying to understand is the fucking bullshit high school dynamics of the two different cliques that are going on and fighting back and forth during the lunch period. So what the fuck are we even doing here? Right. And like, Jack, why the fuck in, in the last hours that you have any control at that company, why don't you just pull the fucking plug and be done with it? <laughs>
2: I don't think he would ever do that. Have you ever – I haven't, but have you ever, like, trimmed, like, some accounts? Like, if you notice, I'm getting a lot of traffic from this fucking asshole, and they're obnoxious, and they're always retweeting with uh, out-of-context commentary, you know, to whatever they're retweeting, and it's just too much noise. I don't know if there's, like, a Marie Kondo for Twitter or whatever, just, like, what doesn't spark joy, like, get rid of them, like – have you ever tried to narrow down your accounts you that you unfollow
1: follow? Unfollow people so that the make closest, you mad.
0: Yeah, sure. Except that it's impossible it, it, to unfollow it, yeah. enough people yeah. <laughs> to collate the Twitter feed in I, such I a way that on it's Facebook actually a enjoyable. Okay, oh
1: like years ago when I saw what Facebook was doing, I just yeah. anything that was like I would get in a mood where it was like all right. If it doesn't make me happy, it's out of here. And it just fault like it would happen every once in a while. Like, all right, here we go. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone.
0: The problem is that the most successful Twitter accounts, no matter what you do, like, you don't have to follow them because they will get retweeted or or quoted into your feed one way or another.
1: But, like, yes, that's true. But you can still put up some walls, you know. I
0: see more Glenn Greenwald content as a result of the fact that people on the left are interacting with or otherwise dunking on Glenn Greenwald than I see actual Glenn Greenwald content on Twitter. I follow Glenn Greenwald, but I see way more screenshotted quote tweets of what he is doing and why it's the end of uh, the fucking universe than I see actual Glenn Greenwald content.
2: Right, that's true. I wish that there was a way... Twitter would let you, like, disguise who retweeted it? Because sometimes I can tell immediately, oh, this is an Eric Erickson retweet, even though, like, it tells you at the bottom, you know, but, like, just depending on not even, right. like, the source. It's just, like, the type of story. Like, people from the different sides, or if it's on a spectrum, they're kind of fixated on specific issues depending on the time of, you know, what are in the news cycle, like, it's like, oh, let's talk about this. So they'll retweet stories about, oh, the media is not covering that Waukesha or Waukesha or whatever the hell that city is. Like, the guy that ran down all those people, they're not right. covering it the right way. Like there's that, if you see a story about that, it's always someone from the right They're saying, oh, how come they're not playing up the fact that da-da-da-da-da,
0: you know. Right, so you're describing the Christmas parade where Thanksgiving parade. A or was it Christmas? I guess no, it was
1: a Christmas parade. Yeah, that's Christmas they're just doing it too hand. early. Yeah. Not that they deserved what happened, yeah. because they don't. But that's too it, early.
0: It's very early. Yeah. And I would point out that Wisconsin is a very cold place, and it's that gonna if, be cold, I guess that's if, you no put your, <laughs> if you put your Christmas parade two or three weeks from now at a more uh, appropriate uh, time, yeah. it would be very that's unpleasant.
2: True. I withdraw my previous criticism.
0: Anyway, so the guy drives the uh, car through the parade and— Leaving one incident, right? Have they cleared that up? He,
2: like, clipped, like, a woman who had his child? Or there was some incident that he was leaving from.
0: Yeah, so it was initially presented, apparently somewhat falsely, as an out-of-control maniac driving, like, in a car chase— Right trying to get away from cops right. who like accidentally happened to drive through a parade and kill five people and, and injure 40 or something like right. that. Uh, that apparently is not the case. It seems more to be the case, although we don't know yet for sure. So perhaps it's inappropriate to speculate, but it seems to be the case that this was an intentional act. Perhaps motivated by his very recent domestic dispute—not necessarily motivated—that's the wrong word—but but sort of spurred on by the fact that he was feeling out of out of sorts because of a domestic dispute. But it appears to have been an intentional thing, not just "I'm running away from the cops and I happened upon this parade." Also, it turns out that he's like been an asshole on social media about white people. That oh, yeah. that there's a, an element. Is he like a shitty potential... rapper
2: wannabe too? By the way, I know there's a due process and everything, and it should all play out. But a total, incomplete piece of shit. This guy, just a total, yes. incomplete <laughs> piece of shit. Go on, Bob.
0: I don't think that we necessarily need to have all of his old tweets splashed across uh, major news networks for the last week. I don't think we need to know that this is a black guy who harbors some sort of uh, inherent racial animus against white people based on the things that he said in public before. But what I do know is that we cannot only find out about those things because an asshole like Andy No dug them up and published them on some website that does not have any good reputation among the traditional liberal circles here in the United States, that all you're going to do by insisting over and over again that a car ran over a bunch of right, people like in a parade? Yeah,
2: the, I've seen some very absurd characterizations, and yeah, that's probably the worst one, right? It's like, oh, a car plowed into people, like, it's like a gunshot. It's actually... One of
0: the criticisms people did, was had it, Was with, it parked uh, upon a large hill and someone forgot to <laughs> engage the parking brake? That happened
1: brake? to Julia one time. It didn't hit any people, but it did hit a house. Oh, Right. It, but that's not what happened. Right. And actually- Sidebar: It happened while I was delivering
2: pizzas in Athens. Like it was like icy, and I left the car at the top of the hill, and I went down to deliver the pizza. <gasps> and I looked back, and I was like, "Oh boy!" And uh, oh my God. it just slid down and hit like a tree or something. I don't know, but everybody was fine. <laughs> but I was like, just that, like, which car was this? It was the Geo Prism. It uh, it survived, nice. Yeah. But it's just like that. I can't do anything about this except witness this. But wasn't there a similar criticism years ago where? Officer involved shooting, where what, what, like they take the cop out of the equation. It's just like ah, oh, an officer was there, and there was a officer involved shooting. Just saying the cop shot the you know the person, and in this case, they're just saying a car did this. It's like oh, okay.
0: Cars don't kill people. People kill right, people. Yeah. Right? Guns don't kill people. Right? Like, and, and the point that I'm making is not that I think that like like I said, I already said the sentence. It's just that if you're, we cannot have a healthy media environment. Where the only way that we get the full story is to go to bifurcated sections of the media, where you're only ever going to hear about black crime. For and I don't and I use that derisively. I don't mean that in the awful way that you find it online or whatever. But the only way that you hear about uh, black individuals committing crime and they're identified as such is is if you go read uh, fucking Breitbart or you go read the Daily Caller and the only time that you hear about uh, cops killing minorities is if you go read uh, the New York right. Times or the Washington right. Post, <laughs> right? But, the, but but never the two shall cross. That's a terrible environment for communicating effectively across a, a whole society, and it only leads to uh, the, the further bifurcation, the, the further divisions uh, that we're talking and also, about. And, and I, I, I don't know what it serves.
2: I mean, what it should do is give at least the good faith people who report on these stories, like, pause. Like, I always say there is a lack of humility, like, in a lot of different areas. Like, it doesn't matter what your position is on things. Like, if you think that in one case, because if you change the dynamic in this incident in Wisconsin, they would have played up, like, if the person was white, let's say, right? Or if the person was, uh, you know... Right. Something else.
0: Let, the, let there be absolutely no doubt that if he was a white card carrying MAGA NRA asshole, right. that we'd know all about right. it. And we would have endless think pieces in the media about what led to this moment. Right. right? And not only that, we would know the exact. Racial makeup of every victim at that crowd, right? Especially anybody who had a quarter uh, Native American in their in their history, we would know about the ways in which this person is now a, a further victim of white supremacist culture. And not that everything needs to, not that it should be that way, but that instead it should more likely be a, a, a much more narrow, down the road or down the middle sort of way of reporting on right. this. Right? That's not. I'm not. I'm not demanding. And that-
2: I, I think it, it should be uniform, whatever the decision is, and, and if you're going to follow some uniform policy as far as reporting, at least the the major outlets, it doesn't matter what we say here, there are going to be outlets that are going to characterize it to suit their readers, right? But if you have, in some cases, it's okay to speculate and draw conclusions because, it's like the right dynamic, like uh white male on everyone else or uh, Arab, you know, whatever uh, you think is the, oh, let's talk this up because it's this, right? Then you have to do it for all instances, right? But the better right. approach would just be just present the facts, you know, like this individual – I guess I don't know how far you can go into the speculation, but it, it appeared to be intentional, right? There was no connection right. to – terrorism right i mean there's a lot of stuff that we don't know but you know things of that nature but if you're just kind of like not even touching on all of the problematic comments that he's made and who knows if that's relevant or not like maybe he's just crazy and most of the i think all the victims are white right there weren't
0: like some. well and the fact that it's coming on the heels of uh, 18 months or so of no one having any problem whatsoever calling Kyle Rittenhouse a white right. supremacist just based on their interpretation of his actions and not anything that he actually did, right? right? Not not anything that you can point to in an evidentiary way right. of his beliefs about white supremacy or his beliefs about black people right. or something like so that. So with
2: that, it, the sound policy would be to, to refrain from that, right? To not jump to that conclusion? I mean the the, the whole – point of having is where that's where you air out all of the facts and and see what happened right but but there there is exposure elite who, who did you say was the one that that sought out some of these saying no A ngo who's this guy the david yeah andy no okay so anybody like that could pull this information and make the main outlets look bad right like online to say see in this instance they have no problem doing all this Characterization, but now they're all mum about it. And it's true. I mean, you know, like you you've left yourself exposed to that criticism when you follow that policy.
0: And because he's right in this case, it builds up his credibility in the minds of people who will then assume that he's right the next ten right. times that he says something. And he's not. He's a shitty reporter who does shitty work who, like, once out of every ten times has a righteous cause that he's able to get behind. Right. And it's a disaster for for the average person who, who decides that, oh, well, because he exposed the fact that the media is full of shit about this, I'll bet you that he just must be right about things in a general sort of way and also
2: the media is full of shit about other things too
0: right i wanted to talk about this you've stuck this in the show notes it's just a quick thing about this organized retail thefts continue over thanksgiving weekend and you can find some videos online of what what looks like basically flash mobs it's crazy how widespread this
2: is right like i'm keep on thinking is this the same clip it's like no this is now somewhere else it's a this store and that store
0: Right, so a bunch of people get together in their WhatsApp group or whatever, right. and they organize 50 or 75 people to show up with hammers and crowbars and whatever is handy and go into any, anything from like a Target all the way up to like a nice, like Saks Fifth, a- Fifth Avenue or whatever, like the sort of uh, high-end retail establishments or Apple stores where you can go in and threaten the 10 or 12 employees who are working in there, yeah. uh, smash the cases, grab the stuff, and get the fuck out of there. And the point that I've seen made a couple of times...
1: Are they wearing, like, masks? Yeah, sometimes they're wearing a ski mask.
2: I've seen occasions where they would wear, like, you know, just, like, your face masks.
0: Yeah, like COVID masks.
2: And it all happens, like, with like under two minutes. Get in, get out. And then, you know, it's wise for no one to do anything, but that's the move, right? People walk in. If you're an employee or if you're a customer, just, like, get out of the way because... Some of these people may have guns and they, you know.
0: Right. And putting aside like the larger societal questions about what this says about blah, 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 right? Like, fuck all that. Um, (laughs) But I've seen it said that this represents organized crime in a meaningful way like that this is people who like because you have to take these goods and you have he to fence them you have to organize right, right but like but the the implication being that there's some sort of large sort of mob-like organization that's doing Flash all mob-like? of this no like like the the this the mafia fun. yeah the,
2: some, I, 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 I have heard that word there's like a kingpin and these are his They're stooges, and they're basically going to get like a cut, but they get most of the proceeds. I can't imagine
0: that's true. To an extent, that is true, but it also imagines this as some sort of huge crime ring when in reality it's easier than ever – to start a fencing operation out of your fucking kitchen or your living room, because you just have to go on Amazon or eBay, or, or the Facebook Marketplace, and you can unload all of these stolen goods yourself. It's not hard. So yeah, maybe you're, you're you're working on a team or something, and that this person is going to pay. But it's not like we're talking about some sophisticated, big, organized crime ring that like is that doing this in sort Athens, of thing. When
1: everyone's stuff was getting stolen.
0: Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: When they the cops would find these kids with like lists of stuff to get, and it turned out to be one of those places on 29 that was like the they were like pretend lottery machines, but they were really giving them money. How do you not remember uh, was this? this? A big
0: guy story. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. It was a moderately big story. There was a big
1: for Athens.
0: There was a guy who ran like 25 or something gas stations in North Georgia who had. Uh, those Those video poker machines w- that are only supposed to pay out like small prizes or or whatever, yeah. but instead he was giving away fifty inch televisions instead he would so he turned it into an actual cash game basically instead of just a silly gotcha. video poker game what i 'm saying is that it is in fact not like that that
1: 's what i 'm saying <laughs> it's not like that that
0: it's that it's it's way smaller scale because it is now easier than ever in the in the current online environment to take a stolen piece of property and unload it quickly it's not like if somebody steals an iPhone you can go down to the local pawn shop and find uh you know, the, the fucking local crackhead stole my <laughs> iPhone again and I've got to get it at a hawk for $30. Uh, instead, it's much easier to get a brand new piece of thing and you just stick it on the Facebook marketplace and you ship it off after the person Venmo's you $500 or whatever. Is that just another facet of how the future actually fucking sucks? Maybe it is. Um, it, it does seem to be like I, what, uh, what,
2: they they found an like a, a easy-to-exploit fact of life, which is basically – most of these retail stores are not suited for a basically like a. Fl- I don't know if these people watch like fl- those flash mob dances from back in the day. They're like, hmm, what if we didn't dance and you know, stole right? Because you can right. get 50, 80 people, and there's really not much. You know, if it's just a random place, like you have maybe one security guard for the whole premise, uh, there's not much you can do, and it's probably not advisable to engage in that. It's just property right so it's not worth dying over but if this can if if, it, if it, people see how successful this has been it's going to cause more people to participate you know find where these whatsapp groups are or whatever there's going to be more of this until they figure out a way to stop it. it's almost kind of like the the wildcat in the nfl like oh this is working <laughs> how do we stop yeah. it i i think eventually we'll find a solution but i don't know what the short term is like have some sort of like a place where it's hard to park your car because they another thing is like they they find locations where it's right near the street where they just have their car running or maybe somebody's in the car Yeah, what
0: you really what you really want in your downtown mall like walkable mall experience is is that all of your retail shops are fucking hard targets with big concrete <laughs> pylons lining lining the area so that no cars can get in right that's what you want when you're doing urban development yeah i don't know uh there's a there's another obnoxious element of this that people complain about where they're like, well, this is what you get when you do uh, bail reform and you make it easy for people to get out of jail for $150. And I think there actually might be something to I, I that, think... as as silly as that is to to hear uh, a conservative-type complain right. about. But I think... like the, if you're not going to prosecute uh, low-level, nonviolent, relatively speaking, nonviolent uh, theft offenses— then you know, does it does it at least open the door for a certain type of person to say if the consequences aren't going to be severe and I can make a quick few hundred dollars, then why right. not? No,
2: that's true. I I think the bail system that's being criticized and being reformed, and in some cases, it's causing people to be out of jail and they commit other crime. Like it was never designed for. To prevent other, basically the whole thing is just like we're gonna set a trial date, and between now and then, you're either in jail or you pay enough money, you know, have some sort of collateral to have you show up, you know, when the case is. And if you're poor, then you can't pay it, so you're just kind of stuck in jail and you lose. Employment opportunities is very disruptive to your life for most people, but basically there was like this off-label benefit where it kept poor people in jail, and some of those people would have re-offended, and that kind of cut down on that. But that wasn't the the purpose of bail, and so now you have to come up with some other way. Maybe prioritize the poor. Just have next-day hearings. Do we need to put more money into the courts to where you have – People who can afford it, they can put their house up, and they're not going to be a flat risk. A year or two down the road, we'll get to you, right? And then prioritize all the people who can't. And so, like, if it's anything to do with violence, then you go up first within 48 hours, within a week, you know, whatever. And then just say, if you don't have the money, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to eat it for the week, you know. But you're not going to be in jail for, like, two years waiting for a court date. Like, maybe reprioritize.
0: That's a good plan. I like, I like that as a solution. Because
2: you're right, it, and, and all of the well-intentioned efforts are being undermined. All of these different uh, uh, counties and, and prosecutors across the country, they try to get rid of uh, cash bail. Inevitably, inevitably, somebody who you let go, who's awaiting trial, kills somebody, does something, and the whole thing is ruined. Um, and in some cases, there was a story where I, apparently there are these— these charities, where they pool money, either from local governments or from private donations, and then they pay the cash bail in places where they still have it. And in that, there was one incident I think in Indiana somewhere where the person ended up killing somebody that they basically helped pay for his lowered bail. Then they went on to kill right. somebody,
0: and so the whole thing yeah, the, the the little the little sisters of the poor bailed him out, and then yeah, and then he killed and right, done. Yeah,
2: and so. Yeah. You need to be – I always say people who have well good intentions don't be blind to the fact that something like this can happen. And if you're really about making change, this undermines it because the regular average Joe, like,
0: they don't care about all that. I read something of, along the lines of what you're talking about. I think it was about the guy in Wisconsin that the prosecutor in that district had run on uh, bail reform and prison reform and all of that stuff. And answered a question along the line—this is like maybe 10 or 15 years ago—answered a question affirming the fact that someday somebody that he lets out uh, on a first-strike offense or something that, that might previously have gone to jail for a long time will commit a murder and that that's just the price that we have to right, pay. That... <laughs> and then... And then this guy goes and runs over uh, the fucking dancing grannies right. or whatever, and, this, and kills. And they said this kills after a bunch of people.
2: the Dukakis Willie Horton incident. Like, right. like it just doesn't make any sense. It comes across as just absurd. Like nobody would be for that. Right.
0: Well, and the sad, the the sad reality. Not to go full black pill here, full full nihilistic no amount of attempting to control the world or fix the world is going to result in perfect outcomes right. all of the time, right? Like, that—that that is also something that we just have to accept. But the sort of chaos that you're seeing with these flash mobs, and not not to go too big picture on it, but this is the sort of thing that you expect to see as institutional faith yes. uh, declines, right? As As people lose the idea that we live in a society like to to use a phrase that is basically a joke but but if you if you begin to lose faith in the very notion of the rule of law that there is any sort of sense of of a of an institutional framework or a society that is worth upholding then there's an element in any Large group of people and 330 million is just a fucking huge group of people, no matter how you slice it, uh, who are going to be more likely to act antisocially. And it doesn't it, – it has – there's not a lot you can do to, do to control for that beyond attempting to uh, shore up the institutions that make it more unpleasant for antisocial behavior, both in a legal sense but also in a – in a in a sort of cultural sense, right. I, and we don't have that right I, now. I
2: will say, and I'm surprised that this things have turned around this fast. But um, I remember, like back when Hillary was running in 2016, there were a lot of like Hillary types and other types were in office in the early 90s, and there was a lot of criticism of the crime bill in '94 and some of the language that was used. And it, you know, obviously, there was room for criticism there, but. One of my points was that you kind of had to to be there because the environment... I mean, there's a reason why Democrats, Republicans, like the black congressional whatever, all of... There was such a bipartisan and and broad coalition for that crimes bill that turned out to be very over-the-top, right? A lot of stiff sentences, a lot of these goofy three strikes and whatever. But I was like, the people that are... 20 years removed from it, they weren't there and they didn't realize when crime is like top of mind, people are willing to do a lot of crazy shit, right? And so right. don't put yourself in a position to where you're acting out of fear because what will happen is that you'll go back to that same place. Because I mean, right now, the the main issue, like I'm here in Atlanta tomorrow, Tuesday the 30th is the runoff and the two runoff candidates their only issue that they're hammering home the last four, three, four weeks has been crime, crime, crime. And they're it's right. just and a one-party you know, city. They're all Democrats, but they're all talking. In a,
0: in a wildly blue right. city, right? Like just right. A, it's basically, an
2: absolutely
0: rock-solid right. blue and city.
2: Oh, 200 new cops? Fuck that. 300 cops for me. I'm tough. Not this other person. Right. Like, like where would all that kumbaya shit about reform thing go? Like it literally – Transformed in the last year, where things just kind of fell apart, so it 's like you have to be aware that the if the environment is ripe for this sort of reactionary stuff it 's going to happen even in two thousand and twenty one you know so
0: right no no amounts no amount of of like liberal concern about the systemic impact of of white supremacy and and uh, the the way that that has impacted. Black cultural life and how all of the actions of of young black men in inner cities is just a result of of white supremacy. No amount of that level of academic rationalization matters at right. all. If you're living through a yeah. crime wave in your city, <laughs> right? It, There's it doesn't and it doesn't mean a fucking thing to the to the women and the mothers who are living in Chicago right now, uh, enduring you know, ten and twenty and forty. Uh, young black people being shot every weekend right right? it just doesn't mean anything and you can see it as it plays out in the atlanta election that you're talking about
2: i'm pretty sure it's not unique to atlanta if there's other races going on it'll be one of the main issues and it's basically a hierarchy of need stuff you need to take care of the big stuff like that before we can talk about all this other nonsense
0: You've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. You can find the show on Facebook or Twitter, probably. You can uh, check us out at brainiron.com or castironbrains.com. Like I said, I've not read a lot of news the last couple weeks. I've been mostly just indulging uh, in headlines and, and and podcasts and not reading too much. And I've been despondent about in even engaging with it at the level that we even did tonight which was mostly He's just to bullshit a bullshit back and forth all week too mostly just a bullshit back and forth about college football but yeah i don't know i don't i don't know because then i feel stupid about even trying to have these conversations if i'm not actually fully engaged with it like I so i spent the day reading the news today just to make sure i didn't feel like an asshole when i got in front of the microphone tonight and you know, not much
2: news of Some know. I don't weird, goofy little variant making the round, but it's been
0: pretty Yeah. There's just no, I increasingly see that the utility is not there. So who knows? Maybe it'll give me an opportunity to think of new directions for the yeah. show. Not that it matters too much. Uh, the opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig, T E T R A M E R music.com, Tetramer music.com. For more of that, Abe, what you been watching? So,
2: I watched a lot. I'm just going to limit it to two things. Uh, one is House of Gucci uh, with Lady Gaga and Adam Driver. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is a drama, right? And I didn't know anything about Gucci, whatever, these stupid clothing people. But I didn't know this, uh, a Gucci died in the 90s. And I think Versace also died in the 90s. What's going on with fashion and crime, right? But... The movie was two and a half hours long, a little too long, if you ask me, but it was overall fine. But everybody is in a drama, right? Lady Gaga's in a drama, Adam Driver's in a driver drama, and then Al Pacino also in a drama. There was this other character who I thought was basically like Fredo uh, from uh, The Godfather. Uh, yeah. I didn't recognize who this was, but the actor, it turns out, after I left the theater was Jared Leto. And... He had the most cartoonish take on a on a like this family child who is like an idiot and nobody took him seriously, so he's being bypassed for some other right. like his cousin or something. And every time he would have the most cartoonish like wailing and crying, like "huh, nobody respects me" kind of thing. But I swear to God, it's like Fredo from The Godfather times like a hundred. It was so funny in a packed house. This weekend, everybody would
0: laugh when he would show up on the screen. So, my question, just from having seen the previews and not having watched it, was that are are we sure that this isn't supposed to be like high comedy? I that it's not it's not a campy that's thing? That's it, it reads for. just from the right. commercials as like high right. camp.
2: He read it the same way you re- saw the, the the trailer, but everybody else played it straight. Like they were in a totally different yeah. movie. It was remarkable. Was it a good movie? It was fine. Regardless? It was fine. By the way, I think yeah. I go to the movies too much because now I have people that work at the theater asking me for like reviews. Hey, tell me how that That's movie awesome. is. and how, It's like. guy, okay. man. <laughs> that is great. And so, yeah. And the other one, I know everybody hates getting another stupid streaming service and I don't recommend whatever. But the only other way to get it is to through the stupid streaming service, Paramount Plus. But South Park post-COVID... Oh my God.
1: Oh man. Hey, I, Abe, you could just send us your login. Right. <laughs> here, okay. <laughs>
0: it's not, first of all, you cannot do that because I reject that, that level of uh, illegality or what have you. But send there's a me. free trial for like a month. It's the only way that you're going to get me to sign up for another streaming service is to put 14 fucking made for TV movies from the South Park guys on your streaming I, I service. I was which... like
2: 80 years old the past week or so because I'm like, how come it, I'm trying to find it on HBO Max and like I felt so old. I'm like, I'm pressing all the buttons. How come it's not showing up? <laughs> and I googled it and it's on an entirely different platform. It's so ridiculous, but it's the it was one of the better one hour. I mean, it's usually a thirty-minute show, but it was so funny. It was set in the future, Cartman. Oh my god!
0: Yeah, I'm. uh, We'll get to it eventually, but
1: we'll get to it when you send us. Yeah, that's right. (laughs)
0: Well, what we need to do is start juggling these fucking streaming services. We're like, we decide we're gonna we're gonna pay for one for three months, but I always forget to do that.
2: I think I'm still paying for the other two. Yeah, and I haven't watched one thing. And like,
1: we use all of them. I use all of them. I just need Abe's login for Paramount. <laughs> it will
2: and I will uh, I
1: will I will hold fast with this no Apple TV thing. Yeah, this is thankfully not on that.
0: It's on Yeah. No. We've been watching uh besides all the football and other random shit, we started watching a show on HBO Max called 30 Coins which is like this sort of it's like supernatural horror pl- Plus Catholicism. It's
1: like sci fi horror.
0: Sci fi horror plus Catholics. Is it in English? Um, so
1: it's like if the X Files.
0: It is not are, in English. It's made in. It's
1: in Spain, Spanish. It's Spain. a Spanish
0: show from Spain. It's like
1: if the X Files, instead of being about aliens, was about the Catholic Church. It's like that. Okay.
0: Yeah. One season? The, oh. the premise of the, the. Briefly, the premise of the show is that there's a secretive order of Catholics high up inside the church somewhere that is trying to collect from their disparate places across the earth the 30 coins of silver that was paid to Judas for having betrayed Jesus. He was paid 30 coins. Didn't catch
1: any of that. And
0: then he hung himself. It's not made quite that explicit in the show. It helps to sort of know the Catholic lore, I suppose, (laughs) Um, which That's I do. Christian but...
2: law right? Isn't that like a uh, common among all the Christian sects?
0: Yeah, sure. The, the Catholics like formalize it okay. though and they teach it to you. And so. Anyway, there's a, a group of weirdo Catholic priests who are trying to collect the 30 coins and there's another priest who's trying to prevent them from doing that. And he's, he's a, like a badass He's a priest. fucking kick-ass he priest. Punches. Who, like, Wait, he punches punching? stuff and he does the punching bag. He's a punching well, he priest. Punched, punches
1: bags. <laughs> and he's...
0: <laughs> and he's a badass. Sold. Um And he no, pretends
1: it's... to be he pretends to be uh, skeptical but he's not.
0: Right, he pretends to be he's like a true believer. A Scully. Yeah. He pretends to be a Scully but he's secretly the Mulder. Okay. And then the the one who's the who looks who should be the Scully is also a Mulder uh but she's hot. Uh, <laughs> anyway,
1: Bob likes the show a I lot. I love
0: the show. The show is fantastic. How many episodes are we we're talking only, about like? You? I think it's eight episodes. I think it's eight total. We've watched three.
1: Three, two. The
0: first one, you look at it and you're like, oh man, an hour and twenty something yeah, minutes. Yeah, the first I don't know one is a
1: is quite a thing to bite off.
0: It, I don't know if we're doing that, but you should check it out. It's good. Uh um, okay. And you'll probably, fi- if you start it, you'll probably finish it before we <laughs> do, which will be frustrating. But uh, highly recommend Thirty Coins out there, everybody. If you have HBO Max, it's fine. <laughs> Anyway, you, uh, you got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then, and we will talk to you next time. Later.
1: of the college football championship should have to play the worst NFL team just for a quarter. Right. It'd be so funny.
2: And if they lose, they lose their first round pick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Who would no, that yeah, be and this then year? You
1: have to, and then, yeah. <laughs> then they get to pick a Red Rover. <laughs> yeah. They take it back. They should play Red Rover with the NFL team.
0: I wonder Who, if the kid play... the worst NFL play? team this year?
2: Um... Is it Detroit I don't know, the Jets? Like they're actually not nah, that many. Yeah, the I don't know. Lions. The Lions. There we go. That's
1: what I said.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: But I, if I was a, a so, kid, I wouldn't want to play those all those adult, those big dudes in the NFL. Even if they suck, like they suck among thirty-two teams, they don't suck overall.
0: Right. This I had to explain this Oh,
1: the Texans
0: I had to explain this to Calvin About how oh. any NFL team Even the worst NFL team Is better than the best college team By a lot Right, That's and,
1: why they should do it and <laughs> I, Just for a quarter <laughs> And then a Red Rover game
0: Yeah <laughs> Alright, anyway. uh, go fucking dogs
2: Oh yeah I'll be uh, very sloppy drunk that Saturday But yeah
0: Exposure, just like coach Watson. Yeah, you either a leader or you're Eric Erickson.
2: I would say